The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Wake me up, wake me up. Wake up, wake up, wake me up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the back oh, the left hand oh, slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Hey, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Y'all remember that voice, don't you? It's R&R in the morning here on San Antonio Sports Star. You're pointing at the wrong guy, Rudy. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> He's producing. No. Oh, okay, well, I was like, well, whoever had the screen up, it was wrong. But now it's better for my OCD. I didn't matter. I but saw my, you pointing, and I'm yeah, like. My OCD uh, is, okay, now uh, we're good. Our, our, our digital hero. Yeah, our DH, DH. He's on our uh, to your left, not to your uh, right. Whatever, he, whoever. <laughs> Damn it, get it right. That's Rudy J. I'm Rob Thompson. This is R and R, a Wednesday edition. We're glad you're with us today. Uh, Where's but, my ring light? That thing broke, man. It was. It was on his last leg, but I still was able to get it to. Uh, I think the last attempt was on Friday. And we and just the, killed it. The, uh, the, we put uh, it to sleep. The short in the wire yeah. finally just gave out. My, you blame no, my we, didn't, we didn't. Oh. I think that was the last Thursday. It's all good. Blame my brother on that when he was jacking with it and finally it went down. I still have the. I still have it over here on the ground. I don't care. If you want to try. No. I was going to go electric tape. But if you got to go electric tape, then it's done. No, I think that was. An, I think that was tried. <laughs> oh, no. oh there, God. See, it's, oh, um, it's done. Yeah, we tried electric tape. We got a rat in here. So, Chewing wires. It, it, uh, it lived a good and long life, but that's why Amazon's here. Yeah. Good morning, Greg. Good morning to all that do get up with what a up, purpose. What up, YouTubers? Those few of us. Man, it is a lonely ride in <laughs> at 4 a.m., man. There ain't nobody on the road. Nobody's working. I, I, I literally, I, I live like, I don't know, seven miles from I-10. And by the time you weave your way back up Babcock, I did not see a single car. Not one moving car with a light on from when I, where I left my house at uh-huh. Babcock and Scenic Loop to 1604. Damn. Not a living human being or moving I vehicle. saw some cars, but it wasn't many. But I don't see many, but it was less than normal for sure. I, I'll tell you, I've never seen that before or not seen that before. Yeah, everybody's at the crib. Everybody stayed up late watching that great Spurs game. I mean, everybody's tired. It was actually a good game. Was it? I mean, I'm, I guess, actually, that was one of the games where you can say, at least we saw something. No, well, yeah, that's I think Jeremy had, a, Jeremy had a pretty decent game. Your best friend, Jeremy? That Jeremy? I think, you know, you can't fall off the floor. So, basically, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not praising. But I will say, given the circumstance, at least in the first half, which is, right. you know, I, I thought that he had an appropriate game. And I think Keldon has... Uh, Liking his uh, green light come off the bench bench roll. Yeah. I mean, what did he have? Like 11 in the first half. True. 11 man. 12. So he went there, but the uh, Spurs did what they do and got beat. Utah's a very talented young team. There's they a lot a of lot, dudes. They have a lot of players and a lot of picks. Danny Ainge is over there trying to, you know, do what he did in Boston across the country. 
Would Jordan you ever, Mark and then Jordan Clarkson. I like I like a little bit of the makeup. Keontae George. That's he's a comer, man. He's gonna take Whoa. I mean, he's he's really coming. I mean, he's gonna be a star. You can see. I, I see it. I'm gonna keep saying it to keep making you uncomfortable. <laughs> Man, you're 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 in the gutter, man. It's yeah, early. It's it way too early. early for that. It's too early. For that. It's way <laughs> too early. For herpes, that. So yeah, I need some more coffee. You move it around the bend, and we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll, come along with us. The challenge today is going to be not to put this Woodford Reserve in my coffee. That's the challenge today. Oh, that's left over from the party. Yeah, and the only reason why. Look, let me tell you something because I don't like the the narrative that's being pushed by the Blitz. Well, by Jason. He's like, well, Rudy made me bring this bottle. Let me tell you something about my bottle etiquette. What okay? now? What now? Menix is trying to say, well, Rudy asked for his half a bottle back. You did? I'm n- Look. Why would you do something exactly, like that? Exactly, bro. Like you, Why would you ask You that? take a bottle to a party. You leave whatever You there. leave what's ever there, right? Mm-hmm. That's fine. Clear example, I left a 1.75 handle of Crown at Jason Menix's house in December of 2022 that he just returned to me a year later. He was like, dude, I'm never going to drink. It's never been open. Gave it back. I left a full, unopened bottle at his house. This one was engraved to me. It, oh, I it see. Said, okay. It says, Merry well, yeah. Christmas, Rudy, from Texas Cheer Liquor. There was a gift. And I didn't even ask him to bring it. No, I get why. You I see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't you don't take a, a open bottle home from a party. It's just, That's disgusting behavior. I was raised better than yeah, that. I didn't ask for the bottle back. Most of the time, I want you to take the bottle. Most of the time, I, you know I what I mean? I'll hand it, it to you. I, I feel weird taking no, it. I know. That's why I will hand it to you. Oh, okay. You know that's what I different. mean? Like, please just take this because I ain't going to drink it. Right. Or, or there's just enough left to kind of look at, but I'm never going to go at it because there's just enough to look at. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to want some bourbon, I'm going to want more than what's in that bottle. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. So, but you got a couple 20-something-year-old sons. They might polish it, it off. You know, <laughs> and, and the way that since my son left... His room has always been on the down. Your youngest. Yeah, my youngest. His bedroom was always like right off the kitchen. His, that's where it was. It was a, it was going to be a study, whatever. He just chose that as his room. Okay. So when he left, I turned part of his room, uh, into storage, into, well, a bar. Oh, my father's a fancies himself a woodworker and made this kind of crazy lean. Oh, nice. Well, well, anyway, the, the bar is in his bedroom. Well, I don't as know. we sit right now, good luck. I would, if I'm you, I'd, I'd have to change my bar I'm location. Telling you, I'm telling you. So all I've left in there is like schnapps. Yeah, the stuff. You, uh, <laughs> rumple mints. Some of hey, that. Trust me, he's 22. The rumple mints ain't gonna last. Well, <laughs> we will. And you know, I don't think you care if he polishes off the rumple mints. But he doesn't realize that uh, I, I do go in there and look and see how if he's done anything. Have you marked all the bottles in with the permanent <laughs> marker at the lev- I, I, line That's what my dad did way back when. I have I, I never did that. But I never had anything worth stealing anyway. They were probably yeah. they, they always had better taste than I did on most of the alcohol. Man, my few days off, Rob. I'm I'm the Detroit Pistons and Cedar is the NBA. Oh gosh. Dude, the seven thousand seven thousand whatever Cedar mark I Cedar, I've never, ever, in my 46 years on this planet, had my ass kicked like Cedar kicked my ass these last three Did days. Did I tell you what happened to me last week? Were you gone already? I uh, think you might have already been gone. So dude, I guess Cedar it was last ass, Friday. Dude. Last Thursday or Friday, I was out walking the horse, Sensei, my son's dog. And he and I live up on some property. Uh-huh. But And I'm a bad property owner. I have not cleared it of Cedar. I, I, I know. Okay. For those of us that know, clear to cedar if you have, I have the wherewithal. But it would be, it would take me the rest of my life 
to clear the property yeah, of the seal. Do it. There's no way. It would be it'd be a lifetime thing, and then you'd give it to whatever. So uh, chock full of seed on the top of this hill. Well, my dog runs underneath a cedar tree to d- take care of his business and hits a cedar branch. And it was like somebody had grabbed a handful of yellow talcum powder and just threw it in the air. It went poof. And I, up your nose, I, in your eyes. Dude, I, I've seen that on, you know, the Facebook yeah. and, and the reels and all that of what trees look like in the wind. I'd never actually seen it in purpose, in right. person. And it was, it was scary. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, I got to get out of here. And my dog was all yellow from all the, it was. <laughs> Damn. And, and I don't care if you're allergic or not. At this kind of volume, right. everybody is itching and sneezing. <laughs> Every, it's, it is as bad as I think I've ever felt. The last two and, years, and I'm not allergic. Yeah, and and the thing is, post 2020, you can't convince anyone. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like you, you sneeze and then you cough and then you you sound stuffy, and then everyone's just kind of giving you that look, like, "Hey, man, you okay?" I'm like, "Bro, I swear it's cedar. Leave me alone. I promise you, I wouldn't be here if it was COVID, I, or I would be." We, we had someone around here two years ago who swore it was allergies for three weeks, and oh yeah, yeah I'm like, I don't know. No, that wasn't allergies. I don't think so either, but it's a, it's an easy excuse well, if you want to. Well, the DH has an infant, so if I was sick, I wouldn't have came in here. Well, uh, well I would have. Yeah, I it, just told him, let deal me tell with you. It. He's 20 something. He's fine. He'll, he'll, he'll Anybody shake with it. kids in daycare, they're bringing it to you. You ain't taking it to them. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so we got to be, has, he has to quarantine, not us. We're the safe ones. True. So uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since the Cowboy game. Oh yeah, and yeah. you were very level headed. Yeah, um, I don't. I'm not like James and 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 Ryan Nagel. They can't wait till the Cowboys lose. The WhatsApp is on fire when the Cowboys lose. It, it was because of those two gentlemen. They went at it, and uh, the Cowboys seem to be kind of resigned. To, well, you know, it is what it is. We tried hard, we just didn't quite make it. We're going to hear from Mike McCarthy. We're going to hear from Jerry. We're going to talk about podcasts and broadcasts and everything that went in uh, to last week and heading for a pretty interesting Detroit game. You just wonder how much. Uh, how much of a, of a pedal to the metal kind of game is going to be for the Cowboys? Well, McCarthy seems to think that I, I, I get where McCarthy's coming from. We're going to hear from him on what how high he ranks this game coming up versus Detroit, and I get where he's going. I see him working. Sounds I think like, it's smart. Yeah, well, to me, Rudy, it sounds like he's lowering expectations. Like, <laughs> uh, well, he you know, could be just like look out. These guys are a lot better than we thought they were. I don't right. see how we're going to get together. We'll talk Cowboys next, and we're here from Micah as well. This is R and R. We're so glad you're with us on a Wednesday morning. Get up and get your ass busy. We'll be right back here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. The Jim Rome Show. Hey, Jim Rome here, and back in the military city of San Antonio, weekdays at noon on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. It's R&R here on San Antonio Sports Star. Rudy J. and Rob Thompson with you. Easy E driving a boat. Seeing if you got anything uh, new on you for Christmas. What was the uh, what was the Christmas gift that you enjoyed the most? Oh, some um, body lotion and some... You're a full-on adult. You Body get any new, wash. any new chonis, any new underwear? No, any, no, uh, no. I got, really? I got some boots. I got some boots, some like nice boots to wear when we go out, and I got some. Oh. But the thing I was most excited about was my bourbon body lotion. That smells really good from Bath & Body Works. Uh, I, see, I don't need body lotion to smell like bourbon. <laughs> no, it doesn't really smell no, like it bourbon. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's just a touch. Yeah, uh, I ain't walking around smelling like hey man, a bar. I, that's easy. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't have to do that. I, I, that's a that's a Saturday night. But no, 
But you know us. You know men. I don't want anything. What'd you get? What's your I, I favorite got, gift? I got a, a clock that uh, is in words. A clock? In words. So it says... like The time like, is 5 after 10, all in words. All yeah, right. It's, it combines my two favorite things, reading and telling time. You hate captions. That, that I, Yeah, that was part of the white <laughs> elephant. I kept getting good white elephant gifts. Like I had a, a bonsai. Like you, you grow your That's own. Cool. That would have been cool, right? That's, That's something you never think about. Like, you know what? I'd like to cool. have had that. I also had a, uh, I got a, because uh, you can have, um, a thing could be stolen three times in ours. I also had a uh, packet of um, really like interesting hot sauces, you know, with like, you know, slap your mind. That's cool. You know, you, know, you never know. That's pretty cool. You know, those are always pretty cool. So I kind of collect hot sauces. So I, that was stolen. That, that was taken by a family member, those rotten. And then I had a, uh, oh, I had a set of uh, these jars, each one with a different recipe for infused bourbons. Like That's cool. One had like dried oranges. That's and, a like, pretty cool. White that would have been awesome, right? That got stolen. Stolen too. Now, yeah. who got your survival kit and what were their thoughts? Um, my That was uh, stolen quite often. Uh, my son, Clay, ended up with it. So you weren't supposed to announce who bought what. He didn't know. Um so no, he not to announce it. So he opened it up. That thing had like a pocket knife and um, it I had dried water. I do feel like less than a man when every guy at the party pulls out their little pocket knife and I'm the only guy that doesn't have one. So I wouldn't mind having a little pocket knife. Yeah, I, I carry one. And the problem See? with carrying a pocket knife is a lot of places are like, nope. Yeah, I've seen you get one taken. Yeah. I've and, been with you. I think we're at Super Bowl. And, and there's another yet another reason why you should be uh, watching uh, via the feed uh, there at YouTube, the YouTube. damn it. Because you would see the deadly weapon that was taken from me. Um, at the, it was, you know where it was? It was LA? No. no, it was at the Astros um, That's game. Right. That's right. World Series World game Series one game. versus the Braves. And this was a weapon, the likes of which they did not want. Yeah, and see, it's right. I have the Swiss Army knife with the toothpick and the tweezers. And they, th- they thought this was a yeah, dangerous like, weapon. Oh, no. And that's happened to me more than once. So I just buy them by the gross. Okay. I'm going to get me one, though. Uh, they are handy. And I want to clip it to my belt. Yeah. you. Oh, there you go. You See, have to have the belt clip. You got to have the belt clip. Yeah, and the chain. It's just like, once you hit 42, you got to have a knife on the belt. Well, for some reason, in my reels every now and again, there, there's the uh, the guys with the weird weapons. You know, like. Yeah, the, I've seen those. You know, the, like the. I've got caught down that rabbit hole. With the, like on your belt buckle and the, like the necklace that turns into a dagger. Nice. You know, or the, the brass knuckles that also is a knife. I don't know about brass knuckles. I don't plan on punching anyone. Those are illegal, you know. Yeah. Uh, this is Texas. Just get, We just carry guns. Who needs brass knuckles in Texas? You're going to pull out your brass knuckles, he's going to pull out a nine, and you're going to be in trouble. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, well, see, the woo. funny thing about all this is the gun is legal. It's the brass knucks right, that will get not. you put in jail. <laughs> Texas, baby. Hey, your brass knuckles, like, uh, is that a switchblade? How long is that blade? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, if it's not a machete, dude, just put it away. You're getting shot. At, at what point are you allowed to bitch about refing? When, um, when, when, when can you do it and people go, yeah? See, I, I, I'm, I'm from the Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich era. So Micah doing this, to me, isn't a big deal. I watched Pop go to the podium and be like, Tim Dunk is the best power forward to ever play a game. How does he go through 48 minutes of a game and not get fouled? Phil Jackson, the way they're reffing Shaq is just not right. 
he's getting beat down and they're not calling him. And then the next game, things change. So with Micah doing what he's been doing, I'm like, oh, this is Greg Popovich and Phil Jackson. It's no big deal. Is it annoying, Rob? Absolutely. But the numbers tell it. Let's but the, like, but how the, many numbers of rushes yeah, without being? It's 36 uh, quarters. Wow. So let's be clear. That is criminal, Nicola. Micah is annoying. He is. But he is also right. He is also 1,000% right. Micah Parsons is too talented to not have been held once, <laughs> once? in 36 quarters. Are you kidding me? Is it 36 quarters? I it's think 30, it's, Like, that's, no. I Again, annoying, yes, right. So I, I can't get mad at the message if the message is right. There is no way possible, no way possible Micah Parsons goes that long without being held. It's just, it's just silly. But but the thing about it is, see, in the NBA, it works. You, the next game, you get calls. In the NFL, these refs have decided. Hey, y'all, y'all been you, you watch Micah's you podcast. Like it. He, Suck it. He ain't getting it from me this week. You don't like it? Throw yeah, in that they, red sock. Yeah, they. We'll ban- talk then. The refs have banned together against Micah. NFL refs stick together. They stick together more than any ref, more than any refs in any pro sports, you know, league, and. I don't think Mike is doing himself any favors. You know, McCarthy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Carlos. You did. Yeah, Rudy showed up. Hey, you know what, though? Rudy left uh, some hours on the table. <laughs> we all we did. We all did. So we all did. There are a lot of days we shouldn't have been here. <laughs> <laughs> like today. <laughs> like tomorrow. Hey, we don't close up shop, Rudy. Yeah, we don't. We do not do that. Uh, Mike McCarthy talked about number 11 on his team. Um, I, I don't see a young man worried about it, you know, in his preparation. He actually or, is. You know, in the game. He's competing during the game. You know, I, I think these conversations that happen after the fact, I think it's more of a product of today's, you know, today's industry. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't see it as an issue. I mean, everybody wants an, an honest answer. And, and I think the fact that our players and coaches, I think they do a very good job of engaging and, you know, doing the best they can with their responses. What, what what see well this is we I, we I, we've asked McCarthy about Mike and his pod and he's like y'all don't really listen but he was like the thing he said in there the thing he's told us right here on R and R is he's twenty four twenty three years old this is what they do that's and, my, that's and you my, know what he's right that's Mike McCarthy's approach to it and I think the other point is y'all we all want an honest answer. Right, and then when Micah gives an honest like answer, you, his honest opinion, we get mad. Like you know how you know it was like what? Okay, what do we want? Do we want Barry Bonds? And yeah, no, maybe. Or do we want a guy that speaks his mind? And he's right. He's I, you know what? You right. want to go? Yeah. And it, he, we talked a little bit about it. I guess it was day before yesterday. Yesterday, Steve Kerr. You know, he's mad at the refs too. There is a definite. I don't know if there's a, a current going on amongst fandom and players or we really have reached a level of of uh just bad officiating across leagues that uh there's a radical change coming i don't know if we if the lens gets more in focus or less in focus but nobody's happy yeah Nobody. and then i don't know that if i'm micah y'all are costing me money yeah well, well, you know what i mean like one you're costing me money two you're 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 affecting my impact on the game yeah because again, it's third and six, and you get held, and they convert. You know that that takes a first down to, from to uh, from what should be third and sixteen. 
It matters. I, like it, it totally matters. I I look. I, I, we may not like the delivery, but Micah is ten thousand percent right. I'm sorry. I hate to defend him on this, but I have to. There's no way possible he hasn't been held once, not once in thirty six. Come on now. That's a, come on now. It's criminal neglect. It's it, not not and so in nine games. So do you think <laughs> in nine will, games, not so, one? So should there be a line of uh, the Rudy J Sportsbook? What's the over under on holding calls? This week? This week for Micah against Detroit. Three? Minimum two. Yeah, minimum two. Minimum two. So maybe this will work out. Maybe this will, maybe the strategy of the bitching will work out. Or they time. or they just band together. <laughs> you know what? You're never going to be yeah. held again, number 11. Hey, coming back, the gumbo is boiling. Are you afraid of those Kansas City Chiefs? And is Travis Kelsey completely wiped and is... Baltimore truly the best team in all of the NFL. Lots to talk about because Baltimore and the Dolphins go at it in the AFC for supremacy of that side of the NFL world. We're talking about it next. This is R&R, &R and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. R&R &R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. No, you don't do that. Don't do that. It's R&R &R here on San Antonio Sports Star. Don't start bad habits at an old age. You start them when you're young so you don't reach an old age. <laughs> it's actually true. Put that on a T-shirt. There's no truer statement, actually. <laughs> put that on a T-shirt. Uh, the NFL is rounding into form. we got two games left. The playoffs are... Pretty much, they're not locked in tight, but we have a good idea. Yeah, who's we got to be real. there. Yeah, 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 for sure. But there'll be, you know, there might be a difference in road in a way. Where, where are the Chiefs in your hierarchy of uh, power? This is where the this is where I'm with the Chiefs. Clearly, it's a bleep show. You know, <laughs> you got Andy Reid. Don't give him his damn helmet if he's going to act like a damn baby. And you know, you got Mahomes cussing at the offensive coordinator. Call the bleep and play, and you got Andy Reid, uh, chicken wing and. Kelsey, get your head out of your – the receivers drop. Like, it's a bleep show. But I still would not bet against them once they're in. What, what, I, I, why? I, I, why I don't – I know. I know. I just They can't, look awful. Because you have – because I think that highly of the, the magician that is Patrick Mahomes. I just like once they're in because they've been to five straight AFC title games, they just know how to get it done in a playoff setting and because they're going to have at least one home game. That first one, the first they'll have at least one home game right now. You know, if it started today, I think they'd be playing. Uh, ooh, they'd have to play Buffalo again. Yeah, that'd be tough. <laughs> that would be that would well, actually on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it'd be at home because oh, they won the home? division. Oh, yeah, because okay. they won. They're going to win the division. See, right now the the Chiefs are Mahomes. I'll say is in that position that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady was in for the longest, where your division is so bad that you stumble into the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, the Tom Brady, the AFC East during his era was awful. Same AFC South was awful during Peyton Manning's run. And right now, the AFC West is awful. You know, even though the Raiders just beat the Chiefs. But you get where I'm coming from. So, yes, I, I know what I'm seeing, Rob, and we're supposed to believe a person when they show you who they are. But would you bet against them? Like, if they're uh, playing Buffalo Sunday yeah, in Kansas City, you take Buffalo? I would. Uh you ever heard that that there's really only seven stories that have ever been told? Okay. There's you know there's only seven stories. Yeah. There's you know the quest, the rags to riches, the 
you know, the, 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 apply different names and different plots, but there's really only seven that have ever really been, been told. I've seen this story too many times. I've seen this story, and this is one of the seven in the NFL, that when you pay your quarterback a ridiculous amount of money, you get about a year and a half to two years mm-hmm. of that talent hanging around. And then once that talent that got you there can no longer be afforded, you get this. You get old guys that are trying to hang on, and there's a couple on the Chiefs that have now lost it, and Travis Kelsey, at least for the last six weeks, has He's lost it. He's definitely lost at least a half a step. And is not the threat that he was. Is he still kind of scary? Yeah, but you can tell he's he's not where he was, and it's not going to get any better. It might level off, and you know those find themselves together again. And there's obviously some yips going on. But they're done, man. They're done. It, it's They don't know they're done. But they're they actually have better on the road this year. They're four and four at home and five and two on the road. They have one more shot. This is it. And I think you give them a puncher's chance. But if you ask me, yeah, that's what you know I'm what giving mean? them. Uh, if you ask me what I bet on them, no, no, I, I think that this is. So I, today you take Buffalo to go into Kansas City again, even though they just went into Kansas City and won a close game. A really, really mm-hmm. close game that came down to what? Uh, offsides? Was that that think, game? Yeah, that was the it. offensive offsides. So. I just have a hard time just saying burying Patrick Mahomes. Did you? I think it was in the third quarter against of the, the Raiders. Raiders, and uh, they were going for no, that was fourth quarter. Um, they were going for it on fourth down, and Mahomes did everything that Mahomes always does. He escaped the rush. He moved the pocket. He did everything right. Kept looking downfield. Kept looking downfield and looked, and then moved his feet, and the, and the Raiders couldn't get him. And finally, he rolled left and ended up throwing the ball out of bounds with his left hand. And I felt like this kind of epitomized the Kansas City Chiefs season. Yes, he made the play last. He did everything he could. He avoided three or four blockers. He finally had to scramble. And he finally looked out downfield and realized, you know what? It ain't there. I'm just throwing it out of bounds. With the left hand. With the left hand, just kind of tossing it out just to kind of save some face. And it just felt like at that moment, there's just nothing left. And you talked about all the other sideline stuff. No be enemy. There's just no there. I'm glad you brought that up, Rob, because nobody else wants to. We're talking about receivers dropping balls. And we're talking about everything. But like even with the Eagles, Rob, perfect example. We talk about Shane Steichen not being there at nauseum. But nobody wants to talk about the fact that this offense has gone to bleep without Eric Bieniemy. It Thank it, you for bringing that up. Well, it's obvious. And I think Bieniemy is due, considering what he's done, a head coaching job now. he's I think he's proven. Two places, and he did it with smoke and mirrors, and not a lot. Although how it's just, it's just, it's tough what he's going through because they've lost six in a row. Uh, yeah, but he's doing it yeah. with with smoke and mirrors. <laughs> I think Bienemy has proven his point, he, right. he, either by his presence with the Commanders or his absence from the Chiefs. Right. One or the other has sure. proven the value that a lot of teams have passed on. As Kansas City declines, is anybody close to the Ravens today? I think. Look, I, the, what they did, they've won five straight. Um, Lamar Jackson is playing his butt off. And what they did to San Francisco against that that, that caliber of a team was highly, highly impressive. I, it's it's hard to punk the 49ers, and they punked them. But I'm still not <laughs> all the way sold. I'm not all the way sold. I mean, Why they only not? they Why all, are they we only not have, sold? they only have three losses. One of the losses that they have is to well, excuse me. Yeah, one of the losses they have is to the Browns. I'm with you, but I can't I'm, figure I'm, out I, I, why. I mean, I look in their division. If Joe Flacco is going to play like this, if um, you look at what Josh Allen's been able to do, 
Like I, I, I would think that's a coin toss if they're playing Buffalo or if they're playing the Browns right now. They pants the 49ers. I mean, they, they beat Purdy well, up when all I'm, day. Yeah, see, that's what I looked at this weekend. I looked at probably, if you want to say, I mean, by the numbers, the two best teams in the AFC are the Ravens and the Dolphins. And if you buy the numbers, the two best teams in the NFC are 49ers and the Cowboys. And both of those teams defeated the NFC two two best teams. So I don't know what to take from that. I don't know if that's like a Super Bowl thing where it's like, oh, well, if it's the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship is the de facto Super Bowl. Maybe you go into it thinking that way. Because, I, I, again, I've ne- I haven't seen the Ravens, excuse me, the 49ers at full strength get beat like that. Now, they had some casualties along the way in the game. Trent Williams got hurt. Mm, that mattered. Yeah, that mattered. So ask the Cowboys <laughs> what happens when you lose your left tackle. But, uh, yeah, the Ravens are the best team right now. I don't think that's up for debate. When you do the 49ers that way, who everyone's has as number one in the league as far as their power rankings go for the last few weeks, yeah, you got to give it to the Ravens right now. At 7 o'clock, as the Spurs take, chase a title, there's a new title holder. The Motor City. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Pistons have set themselves a record that might just continue to grow. And the Spurs get to chase it, although a significant change made, one that had been promised and tried before, seems to be back for the time being. We'll talk about a starter headed toward the bench. Did it work or not? And what did we see in another loss? As the Spurs goes down to the Jazz, we'll do silver and black at 7. But coming back, to check out the Texas State game. If you were there, you probably got a little thirsty in the second half. We'll tell you why coming up. This is R&R, and you're on 94.1, a San Antonio sports star. Good morning, everybody. Joe Reinagle here. The Blitz begins at 2 o'clock. It will be our final show of the year, so we got a lot to cover. First, we'll talk some college football with KI Sports anchor Bob Ballou, how the Horns preparing for the college football playoffs, and a lot of Cowboys talk. John Mishota will join us from The Athletic, and Jane Slater with the NFL Network will join us as well. Lots to talk about. Hey, Rob. I saw your red solo cup. I saw Jason's red solo cup. You had more white sheets in yours than he had in his. I don't know. We were all winners on Friday night. Except Joe. Yeah, I, I, I completely destroyed an entire, a well-made tri-tip that he had smoked. It was delicious, and I knocked it right. Well, I did not. I played a role. It, so I heard you knocked his. his I didn't see it was somebody else that was. I'm not naming names, but I was holding the tray and I watched. And it was for me, so I played a role, but it wasn't physically me that caused the collapse. In fact, I saved some, but it was unfortunate. But y'all still ate it and no one died. Uh, no, yeah, I fed it directly to Pledge. He didn't. But mind. you won the rib contest, so I didn't get there till going late. Going away. Yes, I. I, I think it, uh, it's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, you know, they, they you, you, you they counted you out, Rob. Uh, did they? Yeah, they did. Jason thought he had that in the bag. Trust me. He's confident <laughs> about his ribs. Jason doesn't think he's going to lose anything in life. So I know he thought he had that in the bag. So when I got there and realized that you had won, it made me happy. <laughs> well, I, I don't think I could duplicate one of the ribs ever again. Oh, which one do you think got the most? Which one did you? It was enter? the one. The competition ribs were the ones that I do every day. Okay. That, but the only thing that was different was I brined them, and that, that made all the difference. It added a lot of time to the cook, mm. but to buttery, buttery meat. Yeah, it was good. Good stuff. By the time I got there, though, Joe had tapped out and 
took an Uber home. I was like, where's Joe? I, you know, I see his car out there. So I walk in and I'm like, I see Joe's car. There's no Joe. So Joe had been a responsible adult and tapped out early. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think you missed him by too much, but yeah, they, you know, he's an old man. <laughs> he is. Did you watch Texas state get him a bowl game last night? Uh, about 15, 20 minutes. Me too. I, it's hard to watch Rice football. Like yeah. I, I want to watch them, you know, rocket engineer and be lawyers and stuff. I don't tune in to Rice to watch them play football. There's the smart kids. Not everybody needs to be great football players. Some of us got to be smart kids. It, it so was. It's hard to watch Rice football. It was the dichotomy of the yeah, party I don't even watch school them play and against, Rice. Yeah, I don't even watch them play UTSA. Like, how did Rice even qualify for a bowl? Six and six, who baby. Be, who did Rice? Who did Rice get six wins against? I need. <laughs> I, I need no. answers. <laughs> Let's just say Schreider's got a bone to pick with him. Yeah, but uh, they don't even, that wasn't even the story of the game. So the legend will last forever. And it's reinforced with the one that's been around forever that Southwest Texas, now Texas State, and for those of us who say Southwest Texas, we age ourselves immediately. It's a party school, always has been. That's where you went. You couldn't go anywhere else. You, you, you partied like mad. There's, there's probably 20 schools across the country that are always going to be considered, eh, you're a party school. And Texas State, for the longest time, took great pride in it. Last night at the, what was it, the uh, Tax Act, whatever the bowl game was. No, that wasn't Tax Act. Oh, what, whatever. The Tax Act is tonight. That's, that's you guys. That's the Aggies. That's right. Yeah, I don't know what the hell the bowl was. The Texas State side drank all the beer. Oh, it was it was the Serve Pro. The Serve Pro, that's right. First they, responder. Bowl. Oh, they had some rough commercials that happened during the game. Did you watch some of those <laughs> no. Oh, boy. Honoring first responders and the stories they were telling, man, oh man! Uh, but they uh, Texas State, those Bobcats that drank all the beer on their side of the stadium—that's the legend. I, look, this is what this is what happened. They ain't that much drinking in the world. They, these people got these people have these concession people have beer in these stadiums from 1973. They know okay? what they're doing. Yeah, what happened was. After the fifteenth person came up to the damn concession stand and said, six more lights, somebody made an executive decision to cut them off. Oops, we're they, out. They, you don't. These stadiums don't run. And even if they did, let's say they did, Rob, then I send a golf cart to the right side where they're over there uh, drinking there, water no and, and, and white cloth. Yeah. Profit motive? No, they yeah. don't want to make yeah. money. Yeah, like, what do you mean? I, I send three golf carts or three uh, Ewok Kubotas to the other side of the stadium, and I bring six pallets of beer. They got cut off. Dude, we drank all the yeah, beer, no, bro. No, we didn't drink all the beer. You were bro, acting, we drank it all. Like, you were acting like idiots. You were belligerent. You were stumbling. There were three fights. And someone made an executive decision to cut you off. As you've, we've seen a, everybody seen a guy or two or a lady or two get cut off at a bar, okay. and they and they probably needed to. You don't run out of beer at Energy Stadium. Was that wait? Where were they? I'm, I don't know. Uh, wherever they well, are, whatever. They don't I don't know what energy. It wasn't energy. Whatever stadium they were at, you don't run out of beer. They got cut off. Texas State don't celebrate. They don't run out of beer at the Alamo Bowl, Hell I can no, tell you don't. that. And we're going to have a couple tickets to give away at 930 as David Evans of USAA is going to join us. We're going to talk Military Appreciation, San Antonio's Military City, USA, and a couple of tickets to our beautiful Alamo Bowl tomorrow. Hold on tight. r r in the morning and Silver and Black Talk next right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. O600. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. 
Thompson. Did all believe the other way in transition to the top oh, the left hand oh. slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R and R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. It's R&R in the morning, a Wednesday edition. You know how I know that? Oh, um, finally? Oh, my gosh. Boy, I hope there's like a special dispensation from the uh, garbage dudes because their, their Christmas Oh, you got the Christmas? Is, oh, my gosh. I had so much trash. I can't imagine. Bag after bag after bag. Same. It's like... Uh, uh, and we're only supposed to have three things on the ground. I got like nine. I hope that they are, are forgiven. If I was the man, I'd be like, yo, he knows he only got three. He, I'm sending six back I, with him. Well, it's going to be there next time you show up. You might as well get it now. Well, I, I got mine out yesterday, Rob, but I guess we forgot to pay it. They left it. Oh, did they? That's always embarrassing when you're the only sh- your only house with three bags left outside. Did they really leave it? it? No, they leave it. The, the uh, Who is it? Tiger? If you have not paid, Tiger will drive past. So you have a Tiger like me. I had Tiger. They left mine, so I got to send them their money. Now I got to wait until whatever it is. Oh, Saturday. you were a month behind on the bill. Not even a month. Not even a month. Oh, but it wasn't about the number of things on the ground. See, no, I have no, no. It well. was, I just, we don't check the mail. We forgot, and they left it. So I think, the, I, I, think they just the, I got it. the walk of shame to go pick up my. Go pick my stuff back up and bring it back up and bring it back into the backyard while your neighbor's just looking at you like, shame, shame, shame. <laughs> I looked out there. I was like, gosh, darn it. I was like, babe, we didn't pay the trash. She was like, oh, my bad. Oh, my God. Damn Barbie dollhouse bags. And so I had to walk of shame and bring it back into the backyard until Friday or Saturday, whenever they're coming back. Anyway, it's too much work to take that stuff back. My neighbor's just gonna have to be mad at me. Oh no, the whole, the HOA will come get me. I'll have a fine if I leave it out there till Friday. The HOA will get me. So if I, I had to bring mine. The varmints will spread. Yeah, all that over too. The See that too. I don't want a possum or a raccoon to come can come through. So yeah, I had to bring it back. I didn't in. realize you were in the tiger land like I am. Yeah, I'm in tiger land, and I don't blame them dudes. Like, oh, we got one. Like you know, in any work, 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 you know, walk of life, if you don't have to do something, like oh. The Johnsons ain't paid. Keep moving. Because it's one less house they got to uh, Yeah, work. it's one less work. You know what I mean? It's like when the computers go down. Oh, hell yeah. Speaking anyway. of taking out the trash, these birds, Damn. uh went down. That was harsh. Jet. Well, they started strong. We saw a little bit of glimpse of what is possible in the first and second quarters. Which is, that's been lead. all, and that been the entire season? Uh, well, there have been games where we saw absolutely nothing. And there's been some where we've seen a little bit in the middle. But we've never we had, we've seen only I'd say two games where we had complete effort from first quarter to fourth quarter all season long, and last night was much like most. Um, Consistency so, is the word of the day, Rob. Right, and they uh, fell flat on their face in the second half, as they are apt to do. But let's focus on the positives as we sit. <laughs> okay, so first Help and me. foremost, we were told a couple of weeks ago, and injuries kind of got in the way that Keldon was probably going to be the sixth man. And they did it a game or two, and then for whatever reason, that went away. I, I, I don't know why it went away, but, you know, Zach went to the bench, and Wimby moved around, and now it was announced yesterday by Pop that uh, Keldon's going to be the sixth man for the foreseeable future. And uh, Champagne started last night. Champagne and, and Charlie Hustle, and evidently dialed into the first half with his three-point shooting, will uh, 
uh, take over that role. And I, I will say that that was an effective personnel move because Keldon came in, attacked the rim, and played like a dude that was told, you keep shooting till I tell you to stop. Yeah, 9 for 20. He got he jacked up 20. 20 like, yeah. shots, man. If y'all going to make me come off the bench, I'm going to come off this thing firing. It, You know, we all would love that. Everybody wants to be the guy that is told to shoot it every time you touch it. That's yeah. your job. It's you hard. That's a hard thing to be. It all is. Right. It's not the easiest thing to be that, especially when – as a starter, they've overpassed. Mm-hmm. So he has to go from overpassing, even though uh, it probably was appropriate, to catch the ball and go do what you do. And Fair. I like that. But, so that alone, I will say congratulations. Also, Jeremy Sohan, I realize you can't fall off the floor, but the first and second quarters, I can see what Pop wants. Yeah. I can see what Pop wants as well, but I I, I think they also like watching Malachi Branham do cardio because oh. he's now, there's no reason that Trey Jones isn't the starter other than the fact that you want some Pop off the bench. And I'm not talking about Popovich. I'm talking about some actual Pop because, I mean, when you start Malachi Branham but you play, and he plays 17 minutes, but Trey Jones plays 27. Yep. So then you're telling me that Trey's better. But you, you're telling me that Trey's the better point guard, but we continue to start Malachi Branham. To, to get, he's out there doing cardio. He really, sir, it's not his fault. I don't think the kid's a natural point guard. No, he's not. Just like Jeremy Shohan isn't. You have a point guard on the team. Matter of fact, you have two. You have, and again, I'm not, look, it can't get any worse. You're four and 25. So when you, when I see Trey Jones coming off the bench and I see Devontae Graham continue to get DMPs, I'm like, what is the purpose of DMP and Devontae Graham who's, a legit basketball player in this league when you've only won four games. You've only won four games in a season where you said wins are. So at what point do you try to do something different? Why is Malachi Branham out there at that position when you clearly know that Trey Jones is the best point guard on the team and you clearly have another point guard in Devontae Graham? Oh, but we, you know, let, let, let's just keep giving him DMPs because that's going to, that's going to, he's going to make us a worse basketball team. 17 minutes for Malachi Branham, 0 for 3 from the field, 4 rebounds, 0 points, and 2 turnovers. He had more turnovers than points. What is the purpose of him being out there? We did have a Blake Wesley sighting. That's another one that's a head-scratcher. I mean, at this point, how is anything not on the table? Well, everybody played last night, so there is a positive. Um, (laughs) Except Devontae Graham. Except Devontae Graham. But we even had a City Sissoko Sighting. Yeah, we had a Sissoko. We had a Skilashvili sighting for two minutes. He was plus seven. Mamu <laughs> is an animal. He doesn't play any defense. He's always in the wrong place, but he's always moving. I'll give him some credit. He never yeah. he never stops. But what does stop is I, I there is such you just said it, and I was trying to find another word for it, but there's no other term for it. There's such an, an utter lack of consistency from one moment to the next. Yeah. Just from one second to the next, they do something great. Uh, they move the ball. They find Wimby down low. He posts up, gets a nice little bucket. And before they can even they, – they're celebrating so much they did something right that suddenly on the other side we see uh, Walker Kessler with three consecutive dunks because right. you guys didn't even get back on defense because you were celebrating some kind of decent-ass pass that shouldn't be worth celebration. Right. And I don't like the uniform. 
Well, that, that SATX is never. I thought I bad did. Luck. I uh, thought I did, but I don't. It, but it's bad script. Yeah, it's it's an ugly uniform. Uh, Pop, Pop finally sounded frustrated last night, though. I, I think he's hearing it from everybody around him. This is Pop talking about this consistency thing. That was one of them, but you know we we're still searching for consistency. Uh, we're not consistent offensively or defensively. We go in spurts, and really haven't matured enough to understand that winning an NBA game is difficult and calls for consistency. Uh, it's a 48-minute game, and you can't, you know, be consistent on offense and execute or uh, execute on defense for, you know, 20 minutes of, of the game. You're, you're not going to win that way. You know, they've got, you know, they've got a great player in marketing. They've got some older guys, 30, 31 years old, have been mm. around. Mm. They're mature. They're physical. Uh, Will does a great job with them coaching. And they come after you for all 48. Uh, we still haven't figured that out yet. Part of it is youth. Part of it is probably uh, I need to uh, huh? demand from certain people. There we go. There we go. It's time they have to be more consistent or I make changes. Demand more consistency or I make changes. Now, uh, like, you know. This quote was sent to the WhatsApp last night, and they were like, well, 29, and the comment was, I won't say who. Well, you know, we're 29 games in, and now you want to demand consistency. And then I'll defend Pop on this. Again, it's as crazy as it sounds, and I know they expected to win a lot more games than they have won. I don't think they expected to be a Western Conference Finals, but they expected to win more games. But it is a trial-by-era season in the sense of, like, I don't know who is going to play well around the guy that we've been tanking for for two years. I don't know what to do or how to do it, but now we're at the point of the season where he's like, okay, we're a quarter way in where it's after Christmas. Maybe it is time to make changes. Maybe this isn't working. And when you tell us that, Hey, you know, the starters let us down the most. Okay. Well change it. <laughs> I think you're you know? going to get Trey as a starter within the week. Again, I'm not look, I'm not one of those people that want pop gone, but I don't know that that part of it, I don't know what's taken so long. You gave him an extension. It wasn't much money. You just made sure, hey, you know what, we we're taking care of you. We like you, you put in the work, we we like what you've become, so we're gonna take care of you. Put some money in your pocket, put some money in your family's pocket. We like you. All right, well, you're gonna do that. Well then, then you know Malachi Branham. It's clear he's not a point guard. It's clear Jeremy Shohan isn't. And then you have two on the bench, and one of them just rotting away, and you yet to trade him. So why not? What are we waiting for? Like, if you can de- take Devin Vassell out the starting lineup, if you could take Keldon Johnson out of the starting lineup, you could take Malachi out as well. Anybody and everybody can come off the bench except for the seven-footer, seven-four, seven-four-footer, whatever you want to call him. Everybody, everything's on the table when you're four and twenty-five. Not, no one should be safe. No one's playing time should be safe. Zach Collins found that out. Like, oh, you're just going to keep jacking up threes? Well, come sit next to me. Well, that's one change that was made. Yeah, he still, he ain't got, he hasn't come back. No, and he won't. Not and to the starting lineup? I, I, but I'm not saying he's playing badly. I think he's, I don't playing, think he's playing better ba- right. as a backup. I think he's doing things that's more what he is to his effort time uh, is go out and do that for a little bit shorter amount of time and you don't have as much time to keep shooting. There is one continuing issue with Wimby, and that's going to be how often are we going to see him. He was a warrior for the first 20 games, you know, there for everything possible. 
Now that ankle thing rears its head a couple of times. Pop talks about how Wimby's going to be used in the near and far future. Mm. Uh, he, he didn't look 100% to me. Uh, but he says he feels fine. We'll see how he feels now. With that in mind, would you anticipate him playing both ends of that back-to-back in Portland? He's not going to play back-to-back. Why not? Why not? What, what do we what do? We, I, he's 19. He's 19. If the, Okay, if the, if the answer to that, my why not, is the ankle, cool. But if it's just because, oh, well, we're, you know, no, we, we got we to gotta load manage him. And it's, he only played 24 minutes last night. And then we're already, we're already, it's not like, again, they play Portland in Portland twice. They play Portland Thursday, then they play Portland Friday. Why is he not playing in a back-to-back when he's not even, is he even averaging 30 minutes a game? No. Maybe he is. It's right at 30, but after the last two games. Yeah, he's, you're right. He's averaging about, yeah, 30 minutes a game. At 30, so that means he's getting 18 minutes of basketball rest, not including timeouts and not including TV timeouts. I mean, like, we're, and we're already just going to say, nah, he ain't playing back to back at 19. Man, this is silly. Why not? Again, if it's the ankle, cool. But if it's just because he's Victor Wimbanyama and we, we're, we're already worried, if you are already load managing a 19 year old, you shouldn't have drafted him. What is the purpose of drafting somebody that you feel like I have to sit out every now and then? I don't get that. He might as well be Zion. Uh, he might as well be Zion Williamson, who's just like, you know, fat and always hurt. Like, what is the per I, I don't get say, yeah, this is this is who we're gonna tank for. We're gonna we're gonna start this program two years out, even though we know we're only gonna be able to play him sixty six games. I don't get that. Oh, he's not playing back to back. Why not? Well, he has, hasn't he? He has played some back to back. He has, yeah. but yeah, but so then I'm then, so then I it leads me to believe it's because of the ankle. And he said he didn't look good out there. But the the crazy thing about it is, as much as as it hasn't been what we expected, twenty four minutes last night. Look at that stat line in just twenty four minutes, and it was not highly effective minutes. But he just. He I'm, is I'm in com- on every possession. He makes something. He fills a box score. It feels like I'm. 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 I'm perplexed at why you're impressed by that. Nobody and- does this. He's a five box a night filler. I mean, we can. We can. They're not a lot in every box, but we're talking about a dude that every night gets at least a steal, several blocks, double digit scoring, double digit rebounding, and. He, it is a ridiculous thing to look at, and he did that in 24 minutes. And this is a kid; he's a kid. Mm. It there are times when you just have to take pull him out and just highlight watching Wimby, and you can see why other play-by-play announcers are like, "Why isn't he touching the ball every time he's?" Well, down I remember Stacy King with the Bulls. No. The night they played the Bulls, Stacy King lost his mind. Right. Keep in mind, he works for the Bulls. And he's sitting there on the broadcast saying, "Why are they not throwing him the ball? They don't do they not like throwing him the ball? Do they not like playing with him?" Like Stacy King's literally there, you know, trying to break down why the why Wimby has his arm nine feet in the air and they're not throwing it to him. So th- I don't know why you're not. Find no, I just position. I don't I don't I'm it's not just, I'm not impressed with rebounds and blocks from by somebody that's seven and well, seven four. Is, I'm not. 
But I'm just not. But, he's supposed to block shots and he's supposed to get rebounds. There's, yeah, they're supposed to. But we're talking about 24 minutes. He had this, a double double. This is no the time. this is the best prospect in pro sports, and he's doing it. He I don't, is I don't, doing. I don't, it. I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. I don't. I think he's. I think he's really good, and I think there's a lot of upside. But I'm just. I'm not like. Oh my God. I'm not. I haven't. Wimby hasn't made. You know, back against Phoenix, uh, he has. He's had some jaw dropping moments, but it's been more of a disappointment than it has been me. Just like, oh my God. I'm just highly impressed with Wimby. I haven't. I haven't gotten to the point where you are yet. I'm, Maybe I'll get there. No, you, you act like I'm overly impressed. What I'm saying is the kid is so ridiculously young and raw. He has zero strength above the shoulders. He can't keep the ball above his head. He's not strong enough. He's not strong enough to get in the post and hold his position. He's not strong enough to hold his dribble. He's not strong enough to run up and down the court and pull up and take a solid three-point shot where he squares his shoulders and points his hips and does everything correctly. He doesn't have the strength. And in 24 minutes, despite all of that, he filled five boxes. Two of them he's supposed to. Well, supposed so three, to. Supposed they're to. all NBA athletes. No, Find some. See, no, you I'm are not giving, so lost and he's 7'5", he you, should. I'm not giving There's you credit for There's a lot for, of seven five dudes who have never even dreamed of doing I'm what not, he's doing. I'm not, and, they're, and they're not see, in the league anymore. I'm what? not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going there. You guys are not so yet. off on this. That's why Pop can sit back and go. You know what? We're not. We're playing half ass. This dude, 24 minutes, did this playing back to back. No, I'm not wearing this out. Yeah, I, I, uh, it, it is ridiculous what he is what he is capable of. It, it's just there are moments when you go when he gets it in about three years, he's going to average fifty. I doubt that. Uh, he, not playing with these he dudes. Can do things. Not playing with these dudes. Well, think about what Giannis hope, looked like his first year and who he was with, and look at they they are close. In fact, Wimby's a little bit little bit further along than Giannis was. Yeah, well, uh, again, if he's going to be who you say he's going to be in three years, then it's going to be a different personnel group because well, this group well, don't even throw him Wim- the ball. Who was Wimby with? I'm telling you. I mean, who was Giannis with? He wasn't I- with these guys. Wow. Well, he, I'll say Wimby has more talent than, than Giannis did when he showed up in Milwaukee. I mean, it, I, can't about the I, I can't remember. I have to look. I, have to look I, have to, I can't remember. There was eight nobody years worth ago. remembering. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. And if you go back and look at a video, watch just the first 20 games of Giannis as he arrived and yeah. think about how soon he oh, became an super MVP. Super raw. Super raw. And he was an MVP in what, four years? Five years? Somewhere like, right there. Five, six a, years. A yeah. legitimate best player in the world kind of stuff. Right. And Wimby is further along than he was. Mm. He's good. <laughs> he's really good. He's really good. He's super talented. And again, he's had some jaw dropping moments. He's had some jaw dropping moments. So I like, there's no one in the world that can do that. It's just. So I guess the word of the day is just so inconsistent. Is that his fault or the guys around him's fault or the coach's fault or everybody? Uh, They're headed toward Portland and the great Northwest, and that search for consistency will continue with no back-to-backs. We talk silver and black every day at 7. Make sure you are doing your job. subscribing and liking on the daily basis when we come back let's talk some dallas cowboys jerry was on the fan as he is every tuesday talking about uh well the last two weeks and how things have actually gotten better i don't know how that managed uh i need to make some predictions as well let's talk some dallas cowboys and hear from thems that matter this is r and r and you're on 94.1 san antonio sports star r and r in the morning on 94.1 san antonio sports star Hey, good morning to you. 
Top of the morning to all at the bottom of the hour. You guys going to go see the Iron Claw? I think it's already out. Yeah, it's oh, already yeah. out. It's already dropped. I'm going to go see it. I'm, I'm rather eager to see the whole thing. Yeah, I want to watch it. I don't know what the reviews like so far. My uh, sister was in for Christmas, and we were talking about it. She was a huge fan of uh, Kevin. I don't remember the case. There, were, there was Kevin and Carrie and Carl. I, I, said I just Carl, I don't Carrie. Know. Um, Carrie had the long Carrie hair. Carrie and Kevin, yeah. And Kevin. And then there was another one, like David. And Fritz was their dad. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait to see it. Shout out to the YouTubers. Martin Ramirez is in a deer blind in Remoreno, Texas. Where is that? Listening to R&R Giga Maggies. The Aggies do play tonight, and you can hear it right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Yeah, they got uh, Oklahoma State and the former mullet coming tonight. Hey, I hope you pull the trigger today. I hope when that sun well, comes up, you see something with a, looks like a bush walk out of there. But aren't we, oh, he must have headphones Big, I want on. you to get a box six. If My dream is to, I've never seen a, I want a perfect box six. See, you're in the know. woods. You're in the woods for those of us that don't hunt. Three What's prongs, a box six? Three, three up, curving in a box Oh, it's, it goes up like a 50 year old beehive lady's haircut. You know, back in the 60s, mm-hmm. that straight up haircut like Marge Simpson. I want a box six. Good luck Maybe with a that. couple of muley I mean, drops. How many guys Ooh. have a box six? Uh, you, you see him. Okay. But, you know, you just got to be the first one. Yeah, he's in a deer bind, but he has to have on headphones because if not, he, we, our voices would scare oh, the yeah. deer away. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's half drunk already anyway. You drink in a deer blind? You got to stay warm. Bourbon, right? It's cold today, by the way. It has been. It's cold today. And the deer running, baby. You know it. Uh, I wish I was down in the blind. Uh, Jerry might be blind to what he's witnessed, but I do kind of agree with him. I mean, in hindsight, when we look back on this season, we knew that the gauntlet was coming, and the gauntlet has not been kind. What is it? One and two in the gauntlet? Or two uh, and one? Uh, one, and they've lost two consecutive. That's right. And uh, I'm not sure we, and we, yeah, we counted Buffalo in there. So, yeah, they're not doing well in the. So, one and two. If we're not counting Seattle, if we're counting Seattle part of the gauntlet is two and two. Um, I think Seattle's in the gauntlet. They were above 500. Okay, sure. So, the two and two in the gauntlet. Um, yeah, I, Seattle is worthy of the yeah. gauntlet consideration, though it was home. Um, and we, we knew what was going to happen on the road. But uh, are they better today than they were a couple of weeks ago? Uh, Jerry seems to think that the adversity, the blessing that is, has improved the quality of their team. Frankly, uh, we've uh, 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 done a lot of things. We've had a lot of uh, machination uh, in terms what? of uh, uh, offense. And um, I think uh, we're going to take advantage of that over these next weeks, last two ball games and then the playoff. Uh, over on defense, uh, we're, uh, frankly, uh, some of the things that we've seen the last two weeks made us better. It uh, hurt, but it made us better. That's football. That's what happens in football. And so it's uh, possible to have lost those two games against Buffalo and to have lost it against Miami and gotten better technically. Nobody wants that uh, way to get better. But it's possible that we're better team today for having played those two games uh, than what we took up there. What we took up there, what we took over there to Miami wasn't enough. And so we better hope we get better, but I think we've gotten better. Jerry Jones yesterday on 105.3, the fan, talking about his team's improvement. Um, I, I, I see Jerry working in the sense of 
when you do go and play Tampa in the first in the wild card round, you know, if Tampa's they started off four and seven, they're now eight and seven. They won four in a row. They play the Saints this week, which if the Saints win, the both teams will be eight and eight. I don't know how their tiebreaker will work works out, but I think Tampa wins that game. But when you talk about going to play Tampa in the wild card round here in a couple of weeks, there's nothing that they can throw at you that Detroit, Miami, or Buffalo you didn't see in those three games. Those are three great teams. Those are three great tests. And so what Jerry's saying is like, look, we're, we're getting prepared for the run. I'd much rather, especially considering we've clinched, I'd much rather, again, be playing in these close games. Buffalo wasn't close, but the close game against Miami, you probably play a close game against Detroit. Being battle-tested going into Tampa versus getting a schedule kind of like Philly has on the way out, and then you run into a buzzsaw in the first round because you really haven't been tested. So – I like the test, so I, I understand why Jerry feels like he's gotten better. Where are they better? And what part of the team is better today than they were two weeks ago? When I say better, I, I'm thinking more along the lines of being in tough situations and trying to figure things out. I'm not saying like um, they're specifically better against the pass rush or they're doing this better. Again, especially then they're also talking about doing this this past Sunday with our Saturday, whatever the day it was, without – Tyron Smith, and you hopefully hopefully you get him back by the wild card round, especially considering it's back. So I'm just talking about being battle tested. That's it. So maybe better is the wrong word, Rob. I'm just I'm just talking about like, look, this is what this is the type of football games that you want to be in going into the playoffs. So maybe I think that's a fair question you ask. Where are they better? Because I can't pinpoint anything. Because if, if anything, when you look at the run game, I think the run game went backwards. I mean, when Tony Pollard has seven yards of touchdown toward the left and doesn't trust his leg and his speed enough. And sticks his ass in and yeah, keeps and the ball he, he on the other side of the line. What up. was that? I'm like, you're not Earl Campbell. What are you cutting up for? There's six, literally six yards of pay dirt, and you decide to go Earl Campbell, Marshawn Lynch. Like, you you know, I, I, I didn't understand that, but the running game looked awful against Miami. So there's some areas where you feel like they went backwards, especially if they don't have Tyron Smith, who um I don't I don't I don't I was like I hit the WhatsApp Sunday. I was like, when and how did Tyron Smith get hurt? He doesn't even practice. Back. You never know. Yeah. You know? Right? <laughs> he got hurt against Buffalo. I don't want to hear that. And you know the thing is they get to disguise all those. Don't, don't don't give them excuses. The problem is they disguise any real injury with the fact that he's always going to not be practicing whether he is as healthy as he can be or not. So we really didn't know things were bad until kickoff cuz he hadn't practiced. Yeah, we had no idea. Yeah, so he shows up and it and backup tackle whiffs. Whiffs a few times. Oh bro. man. A few times. It was, and so yeah, we're talking about Udoga. Yeah, and everybody's mad at Udoga. I'm not mad at oh, Udoga. Oh, Rudy, he's terrible. No, no, let me tell you why I'm not mad at him. He is who we we thought he was. Well, there is that. You know what I mean? Like the person we should be mad not mad at, but the person we should be rolling our eyes at and frustrated with is Tyron Smith. And this is why, like everybody's like, you know, call me crazy, Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy. Uh, Brad Sham. Everybody call me crazy when I'm like, dude, I mean, how long do you want to put up with Tyron stuff? It's not the talent. We see what he's like when he's out there. But then you get games like this past Sunday where it's just like, oh, Tyron ain't playing. Well, I'm not mad at Udoga. He shouldn't even be playing. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, damn, how long do we have to put up with this? Like, dude, you haven't practiced all year long. All year long. Yet you've missed more games than anybody on the offensive line. It's I get- frustrating. 
What do you expect as far as effort? Well, not obviously we expect effort, but in an attempt to win over the next two weeks. If if there's any question, you don't start anybody that might be even slightly dinged, right? What uh, this week we're playing. So you still think we're there's, playing a, there's this genuine week. effort when required? You, when you lose two in a row, you're playing. Okay. Now, now let's say you lose this game, Rob, because if you lose this game and Philly wins, which we think they will, they they clinch the East. There's really no reason to to play anybody for a significant amount of time in Week 17. So would you rush Tyron back this week? Probably not. Would you rush not Hankins back. back this week? Probably not. Even though I still want to go out there. I mean, when yeah. Mike McCarthy tells us. This is our best challenge. This is our biggest challenge. I know everybody will point to Philly, you know, whatever it was he said. Then there's something there only because it's like leaving the basketball court on a missed shot. You know, when you're out there putting up shots, no hooper ever leaves without making his last shot. Like you you want to at least be, you want to, you know, have some type of uh, feel good about yourself going into the playoffs. Because you do get the sense and it's not damned if you do, damned if you don't, because it's positive. I mean, they're already in, and it feel it's ninety five percent. They're going to Tampa or or New Orleans. or New Orleans, and at some point, they're going to have to go through San Francisco or, or through Philadelphia. Excuse me, Philly, San Francisco, you name it. But they will bypass San Francisco in the track that they're on right now. If they stay in the fifth seed, they would play Philadelphia if Philadelphia wins through before they would have to play San Francisco. I'd rather be there. That And that's what I'm saying. So you know 95% that the Eagles are going to win one of these two games. I mean, I can't imagine them losing four consecutive games on but the I, way out. Yeah, yeah. I, I also want a decent showing against Detroit. And I think that's more – I would treat it kind of like not the – like the fourth preseason game, one solid quarter effort, guys. You know, come out and give me the first quarter of crisp ten scripted plays. Let's get some defensive stops and take it to the house. Is my, I'm thinking that's the way I might approach this week. If I'm truly aware that without Tyron, I don't have a prayer. Yeah, and then there's the other side of it, Rob. Like you know, we don't. Who knows how it's going to all shape out? Like, what do you really put out there? Against Detroit because you could play him again. Yeah, you really, you see what I'm saying. So it's it's a weird spot to be in when you clinch early. And I found it odd that the very th- first thing out of McCarthy's mouth yesterday was the incredible praise for Detroit. Yeah, that, what did he call it? The best off. He said something ridiculous about the Detroit team that I thought, boy, you're setting them up for if they do beat us bad, it's because they're that great kind of a situation. Good football team. Uh, I think really running the football and stopping the run. Um, I, I think you know those are two strengths of their, their team. Um, playing playing very well. Uh, actually, I was very impressed with them last year. Playing playing here, you know, um, at AT and T. So uh, this is this is going to be you know we feel like it's Saturday night and uh, you know a lot lot on the line. You know, as far as playoffs um, opportunity, as far as the seeds. Um, you know, we look at it as two teams that have the potential. Potentially fighting for the number two seed, so um, it's going to be a great game. He's acting like this playoff game. I guess because it's an NFC matchup. I'm trying to figure it out. I think you hit it on the head just a second ago, Rudy. I think that he needs this offense needs to see the ball go through the basket, go through the hoop. You know what I mean? I think they need a successful drive. Defense needs a successful couple of stops against a power run just to prove themselves at the can. Yeah, but I don't know how important the victory is, but I do know that individual position groups 
and sides of the ball need a couple of wins. Yeah, I, I would like to see that. I would like to see the running game, mm-hmm. a, a better effort from the running game this coming up week versus the Detroit Lions. Because again, I don't know what the hell's happened to the running game. I mean, it hasn't been great all year, but they've done a good job of Dowdle, Dak, and Pollard at getting up to 100, 130 yards per game. But this week, it just went to poop. Yeah, I, they are just such a pleasure was saying it yesterday about how much the Cowboys are a front-running team, how they're designed to be a front-running team, how they're designed not to... Designed to be a front-running yeah, team? Yeah, they're designed to take a lead and, and force teams to take risks, turn the ball over, you get to tee off at the quarterback, you know, all the things when we see the Cowboys, that snowball start rolling downhill. It's when they get a two-touchdown lead and another team suddenly has to pass the ball, then they're teeing off, they're picking the ball off, and things get weird. But they haven't been able to, if it's close, they can't do the kind of things defensively that get those turnovers that have really been the key to those big wins at home. Uh, the other thing is, and I'm probably in the minority on this, I, uh, it was a narrative that the defense played well. I thought it was more Tua was off. I thought Tua had clean pockets a few times and just was inaccurate, which is not normal. Some people felt like, well, his clock was sped up. I felt, I, I felt like there was a lot, le- a lot of meat left on the bone for the Miami offense from just Tua just being inaccurate. But maybe he did feel the pocket collapsing. I'm not sure. I wasn't, again, the defense, they did a great job. That was Miami. They, that was uh, yeah. in Miami. They did a hell of a job. They did a better job than I thought they would do. But, again, there was a good six throws where I was like, damn, Tua normally makes that throw in his sleep. He's just, like, really way off. So, yeah, they had they played well. But I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't like, you know, bottle that tape up and be like, this is who we have to be. Because, again, I thought there was some clean pockets of it where he just kind of missed throws. But I didn't expect them to beat Miami. So I wasn't overly disappointed. I thought they beat Buffalo. I did. But Miami, I never had them winning that game. So I wasn't. So, so the, the fact that it came down to the wire, and then the defense couldn't get a stop when they needed to. Like you know, I think Minix hit it on the head, and he said, "Look, when you when you know the team's gonna run, everybody in the world knows, the whole stadium knows, and they still pick up six yards. That's disheartening. Like you would like to think on those plays, especially on that drive at that point in the game." We'd be able to get some stops in the run defense, but it's been the same thing it has been for the past couple of years. Teams able to run the ball on this defense. But Jerry says they're better. They're better for it. <laughs> I don't know if the word is better. I think the word better is wrong, but battle-tested is the word he's looking for. I think if you bottled, I don't know, 50 minutes of the game, it was a worthy effort for the Cowboys, but for 10. A couple of fumbles, a couple True. of very poor calls, poor decisions by the Cowboys that – the uh, fumble there on the goal line, uh, and the defense's inability to stop the ball. In but a you know what sucks like about that? that fumble from left? I've been wanting to see him be the battering ram, and then they give him his chance. And I don't know, I don't know who's that on. The replay three different times. I don't know. His hands are. Uh, he had his. He was in the right position, but I don't think he reacted to the ball quick enough. I don't think Dak was quick enough there. But I do think Hunter should have had it. So it's both, both their fault. Them. It was yeah. a rhythm thing. And that's what I've been wanting to see, and then they do it, and he 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 blows it. It's um, that's the thing that's was so aggravating about the game. That that's what you when you when I hear the owners say we got better, and I want to go. Yeah, there are some things where for a while, yeah, you look good, but all the things that you were good at, you forgot how to do in the second half, and then the things you needed to be good at, you weren't good at, like just basic ball security. So I didn't take away anything positive over the last two weeks, other than. In Miami, they didn't get embarrassed, and, and Dak did lead in what should have been a game-winning drive. 
Should have been. It was Tim Duncan hitting the three a lot before of time the point. Left. A lot of time left, but if you, you're you supposed to be able to rely yeah. on the defense. That's what we were led to believe. And when we had uh, Todd Archer on uh, yesterday, he, he said, that, you know, you, the defense should have been able to stop him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you got you got to be able to get off the field. Man. We we have to come to the realization that everything we thought about this defense is not real. They are not legendary. They are just pretty good. And your leader, your leader's doing. I mean, leader's doing a lot of crying. Your leader's doing a lot of crying, and that's not good for anybody because then you start worrying about that more than you worrying about the game. But according to McCarthy, he's still preparing and doing what he's supposed to. So, guess we'll see how it plays out. But this is a really good end-of-season test for them because Detroit, if Detroit ain't going to do anything, Rob, they're going to run the ball. So we're going we're gonna to see how, how it all works out. And when it comes to that, it will be about how much you want it. How much do you want to win that game? I guess if they load up, they'll, they can get themselves banged up. But win a football game at the cost of the repetition of stopping a running game that's going to pound you all day? Detroit up? is Ooh. number three in the league running the ball. They average 141 on the ground. Yeah, we'll look at the numbers uh, with Detroit, what they are bringing to the star on Saturday night, a game you can catch live right here on uh, San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, coming back, after the weekend, do we have a new MVP candidate or winner? Was it sealed and delivered up there in Baltimore Let's rank them. Who's your MVP as we sit with just two weeks left in the regular season? You're on R&R. This is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's R&R in the morning. Hey, the Alamo Dome's tomorrow. One of San Antonio's great things. And at 930, if you don't already have your tickets... We're going to have a pair for you. Dave Evitz of uh, USAA is going to join us. San Antonio uh, Military City USA plays host to the Alamo Bowl, provided to you, brought to you by Valero and many others. But you, the uh, military side of things is how things are It's important down here. And USAA wants to send some folks to the Alamo Bowl. So we'll listen around 930. We'll have some talk about a game that uh, OU and Arizona coming to town. Two teams changing conferences. Oh, yeah. Both of them headed east. Arizona coming to the Big 12 going to be a hell of a basketball conference. I don't know how much about football, but it's going to be a hell of a basketball conference. Uh, meanwhile, the Aggies are going to be playing some football tonight against Oklahoma State. In energy. It's in Houston. I guess if you didn't have to work tomorrow, you might have went up. It's a home game. In Houston. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, the uh, MVP's sewn up, right? There's... Uh, do we know that? Do we know? I mean, uh, uh, isn't it? It's, it's a super subjective argument this year because I can still make a case for Purdy. I can still make a case for Dak, McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, and of course the leader in the clubhouse this week. This week, because again, after you know what ha- what he did to Philly and Purdy had those three weeks where he was just amazing. It's crazy how now it's just like, well, it's Lamar Jackson runaway. Well, off off of one week. I mean, I know it was head to head, but. Is Lamar Jackson the MVP? I think voters don't want to give it to a quarterback this year. I think they're just hoping that Tyreek Hill can do or something. Or McCaffrey. Or McCaffrey. Which That's the only, those are the only two non-quarterbacks in the conversation. You know, we As good as Cleveland has been, I'm yeah. not sure. I, I know we, we were talking about Garrett, but. I'm not sure Miles has separated himself. I think he's had a hell of a year, but not like MVP caliber. Uh I would throw in a. I don't think he should win it, but I think I would. If I was slotting, 
I'd put Flacco in my top five. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Not in four games. You I'm, can't. Just, I'm just saying, if you think about what this guy has done, not only did he fill in, this team is better. No, they're, they're better. They're better. They're better, and he's playing out of his mind. But so he's not just, an MVP, yeah, 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 but if no. I was ranking him and I was throwing in a vote, he'd be my fifth just because, my goodness, how he has come in and done what he's done and done it well. Absolutely. So after that, I, I think it's Lamar, Lamar just because – I think in 100 yards with the Cowboys that kind of took 2000 out of the out of the reach maybe I guess it's possible you're not oh, going to no, get much against he, Baltimore. Yeah, he, he set out so he's not going to get to the so 2000. He won't get the 2 2k and which the Cowboys kind of locked him up. Well, under 100, man. I thought that was the most impressive thing about the weekend for me. Um didn't wasn't enough, but I I don't think that there's a defender that's out there anymore. No. You know, if Bland might have had a couple of interceptions in between, it might have been there. Yeah, but right now, I guess Lamar, where we stand right now, December 27th, Lamar Jackson's probably the the favorite. I will say this, that if you want to prove your value, Debo Samuel should be the MVP, because as he goes, that 49er team yeah, goes. Yeah, they, they, they go to crap when he's not getting off. Whether it's Purdy's fault or not. Or I incept, four interceptions. Hey, coming back, consistency is the name of the game. We're doing it at 8 o'clock. We'll be right back. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Oh, wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition. to the oh. 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 I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. It's R&R here on San Antonio Sports Star. For those of you up and about... We're sorry, but we're glad you're with us. Don't mind them brake lights. We'll get you to work, although there are not a lot of brake lights out there. No, no, not a lot at all, dude. I, whew, I, I, I definitely slept in quite a bit, so I don't blame them. Mm. Boy. What's that? I'm ready to. But it's cold this morning. It's hard getting up. <laughs> hard getting up. Then you had to take out the. How long? Yeah, the trash had to go out. How long are you going to keep all your stuff up? Ooh, my record is February. <laughs> so I'm 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 not gonna do that this year. I'm not gonna do that this year. I'll probably get I'll probably get it down next week. Yeah. Next week. I don't well, want right to after take it down. New, right after New Year's, I'm taking it down. Kind of depressing. Is it depressing? To take it down, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's only depressing because y'all going all out like the Griswolds. Like, you know. But I mean it just you got twelve like, reindeer out front. You know, my uh I don't think you'd be embarrassed about this. My brother, they keep a tree up all year round. Well, I, not I in know, the house, but yeah. in, in like a, one of their rooms, and they just redecorate like for the Thanksgiving, season. Thanksgiving, Halloween. I know people like that. And they do like a fiesta tree with medals. It's yeah. pretty cool. It's a, I think it's cool. It's kind of a lazy way out, if you ask me. <laughs> Damn. It's like, you know what? Let's do. How was it doing the show with your brother up. last week? How was it? It's a goat rope. Was that a good thing or? Well, bad? you know, I mean, it, I don't know what a goat rope is. Uh, you know, things get out of control. No, oh. no different than most. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, us every day. Yeah, the, the so way, it's no different. No, it's fun. It's fun to do it with him. But you know, when you do a show with your brother, things are natural. You just kind of fall into it. Right. But he is a, uh, um, um, very opinionated on some things that you kind of feel like, oh, haven't this has kind of been discussed already? 
Oh, you know yeah. I mean? Because he's uh, he has stuff built up. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he comes and he up, lets, right, lets, right. lets it go. It, it was fun. Yesterday, we hosted a uh, reunion of the Saturday morning hangover. I heard. But my buddy texted me and said, hey, Jack's on. So it was good to see Jack come out the basement. Yeah, he set the alarm. Well, see, neither knew the other one was coming. That made it more fun. Yeah, it made it interesting. Did, it was they, fun did they hug and kiss and Well, they were both high-fi. half asleep. Both of them were surly and half asleep on the day after Christmas. So it's <laughs> a good thing there were three of us here. James is never half asleep. Oh, he was, he was, he was, he was hurting. Yeah, he was hurting. Oh, okay. I mean, he was hurting. Yeah, it's weird coming the, like the day after Christmas. It's a day that most people just are giving off. Not Dude. here. We don't close up shop. Um, there is no way we should have been on yesterday. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Tim. It, it love, is. I love everybody at the station. Hey, we have to There's land those airplanes no and, way. and save the babies and uh, fight crime. And but radio. then you get people like Todd Archer. That look at us and scratch their heads and say, "What are you do, doing taking off during football season?" Right. Well, dude, you work for the Cowboys. You guys, yeah. We you, don't. You're jetting around from Miami. <laughs> yeah. Or... You know, if I'm in South Beach, yeah, I plan I, on I working. Think I'll if, show up. If my company just flew me to Miami, I'd go to work too, Todd I, Archer. Know, I would do, use my when per you were out. He was like, "It's football season. Where's Rob?" I was like, "He's using up his time that he's going to lose." <laughs> yeah, we're going to eat that up. <laughs> Uh, the uh, There is no break with the Spurs season. They're just symbolic points in the season. Uh, the Spurs have lost, what are we at, four now, five consecutive? Uh, yeah, see, to me, are they? Okay, yeah, we got the win in between there, but it's still Detroit-esque. Yes, it's as bad as Detroit. Okay. Uh, and it's actually worse because um, Are they 4-25 bad? I heard Kay Cunningham say this last week when I was out. We're not 24 losses in a row bad. Do you feel like the Spurs really are what their record is. You have yes. And so is so they're, is Detroit. They're four and twenty five bad. You and, believe that. Yes. And and Detroit is that bad too. You are what your record tells you. I mean you have to But work. I feel I feel I feel I felt Cade on that I though. Get Cade. Cade's a, we were laughing earlier. Cade is now George Gervin. Just give I him forty four. Dude, that was He's ice. That was a mic drop because it's like, dude, this guy's awesome, but he's just He's alone. Yeah. Literally alone. But I think that the the Spurs had higher expectations. I think Milwaukee, after they traded Sadiq Bay last you mean year, Detroit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah Detroit. When they yeah. traded Sadiq Bay, I think everybody kind of looked at each other like this is something weird going on. I don't think they had the full expectation that the the Spurs did, and I'm starting to believe that they believed that they were going to be better. You know, I've seen some tweets from the guys that are working the beat, um. Jeff primarily, and he and he tweeted out something over the weekend. McDonald, so, yeah, Jeff okay. McDonald, uh, the of the Express, who follows the Spurs on the beat. Oh, he and Orsborn uh, tweeted something out that I I, I take to heart that the, the team genuinely thought they were going to be better, like legit over the summer. Pop had worked these guys out and thought this is a thirty win basketball team. He, they all thought it, and it just hasn't worked for a whole bunch of little reasons that added up into a catastrophe. That hurts. That hurts me. It hurts but only because, like, look, I I drank the I drank the Kool Aid. I did. I was dead wrong. But this is what I'll say. I I forgot. Look, there's been so many quotes from McCarthy and Jerry and Pop and all the stuff we have going on. I totally forgot about Pop's quotes about look, we expect to win more games. Yes. So the so when the, when the when it falls when this you know the wheels start to fall off and I realized I was wrong. I was like, well, maybe it's no big deal. And then I was reminded, no. And I've been reminded by the tweets we've seen. No, they thought they'd be better than this. 
So when you find out that they thought they'd be better than this, then it makes this four and twenty-five hurt even more. It does because it, it's like at some point I was thinking like, ah, oh, they don't really give a damn, but no, they do. At least at the beginning, they just thought things were going to mesh. I don't know where and what caused the the first domino to fall to where we got to this point. But we do know that anybody who's watched the Spurs for more than 15 minutes, that they, along with every young team, is dealing with one issue. And What's once, that? Well, listen to Pop. He'll tell you the primary problem. That was one of them. But, you know, we, we're still searching for consistency. Uh, we're not consistent offensively or defensively. We go in spurts and really haven't matured enough to understand that winning an NBA game is difficult and calls for consistency. Uh, it's a 48-minute game, and you can't, you know, be consistent on offense and execute or uh, execute on defense for, you know, 20 minutes of, of the game. You're, you're not going to win that way. You know, they've got, you know, they've got a great player in marketing. They've got some older guys, great. 30, 31 years old, have been around. They're mature. They're physical. Uh, Will does a great job with them coaching. And they come after you for all 48. Uh, we still haven't figured that out yet. Part of it is youth. Part of it is probably uh, I need to uh, demand from certain people it's time they have to be more consistent or I make changes. Who is he talking about? He's not going to name names, but if you're guessing, let's just, you know, let's read in between the lines and he says, time for me to hold certain people more accountable, who would you have on that list? Well, I do know that this was post-game, but in that game, Keldon got moved to the bench, uh, moved to six-man. Now, that's not the first time that's happened. Zipacel's been come off the bench. I, I, I mean, that I don't think that means that that's no, one of the people. I think that's more about you're adjusting to manpower. I think he's talking to Sohan. I think that there's been a lot of excuses made for him, but – you're a professional basketball player, and there's some things that have to happen for us to improve in other areas. Uh, Edwin, while we're talking about this, can you find uh, Devin postgame after Chicago? Um, and I think it, when we heard Devin postgame in Chicago talking about, you know, it's everybody's responsibility, I do think that Pop, I think in hindsight, has been a little bit too easygoing. And I think he's letting them guys know through the press, like, yeah, this isn't just me ramping things up. We're going to increase the intensity. Expectations are now going to be met. See, I've been okay with this temperament because, again, I I don't get the point in screaming and yelling at guys that aren't capable. I don't get that. Well, I think he was talking to one of the three guys that are just now. You know what I mean? I think he was talking to – we got two or three guys that are capable. So by no, so you don't you don't think there's any chance at all that he's talking that, about Wimby that one of the people because people means plural so it's not just one so you don't think there is no chance in the world that one of those people that he needs to demand more from is Victor you don't uh, well let's listen I'm to Devin you. no I think yep. that I think there is room for that yeah, absolutely but the kid glove approach that I mean we're talking about well we'll get there okay. this is Devin post Chicago and uh, they sound like he sounds a lot like Pop. I think just being a being a team, uh, being a young team, we got to be able to know each other's strengths. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Wimby at seven five, we got to see him. You know, when he's down there and whether he's posting up or if he's sealing early, we got to yeah. see him. Um, 
you know, if Jeremy's posting a smaller guard, we got to know that that's a mismatch. We got to know that we could get it to him. Like, if I'm open at the three-point line, if I'm open sometimes, like, we just got to get it there. Like, we got to just be able to play to each other's strengths. I feel like sometimes we might dribble one or two more times, and now instead of Wimby being open on a lob, now they crack down to him, and now he's not open. Or mm. if we over-dribble it, now I'm not open on the three, or whatever the case may be. And now instead of it being a good shot, it's a contested shot, and now it's a long rebound. We're trying to get back on transition, and it just trickles down from there, from there, from there. So I feel like at the end of the day, we just really got to understand each other. Like, we got to understand. I mean, we don't play 20-something games now. I feel like we should have more and a better understanding. And, um, that's not, I mean, it, it's on all of us, and we just got to be better. The, you know what? So that that game was last Thursday night. I was off Friday. I, I would have jumped for joy to hear that quote, and I'm glad you played that quote because so that well, how at 28 games is that the first time that somebody finally said that? Like, how does it take 28 games before somebody says, hey, man, we've we, we, we've missed Wimby a bunch of times? Like, it, it took 28 games for someone to say that. It's almost like, you know, the person that says, hey, you know, the, the first person says, hey, you know what, I'm going to get out of here. We're going to go ahead and head home. And then, like, the three, four of the couples <laughs> that were waiting to do the same can now say, oh, yeah, you know what, we're going to take off too. It's like, okay, finally, we've addressed the elephant in the room. So now, okay, that was last Thursday. You've only played two games since then. So now you have two other games that you've played. So now, okay, it's been addressed. Everybody understands it. Now let's do it. Well, I think the next step when you're talking about consistency is the problem with a lot of people is they confuse activity with effort. They think just because they're moving around, they're doing things the right way. That Just because you're active doesn't mean you're providing the effort that's required to win. And he talked about the over-dribbling. Like, you know, we got guys just dribbling the ball because it's activity. Right. I mean, we're moving the ball. I'm being active. No, you're not. You're just, you're just moving. There's no point to, there's no purpose behind what you're doing. And even Sean Elliott was calling him out in the third quarter, fourth quarter last night. A lot of unneeded dribbling. Why are you just dribbling the ball? There's reason to move the ball. You're moving it, but you're not moving it the appropriate way. And I think that that is now being ingrained to them. And when you talk, when Pop talks about consistency, it's not about activity. It's about the consistent effort to either play defense on this stand or to go get a bucket. Not just to move the ball oh. and make sure I don't turn it over and make a mistake. No, the, the activity is one thing. Effort is another. Yeah. Um, during the Silver and Black Podcast at 7, which you can go and download, um, we I talked about this, and I talked about Malachi Brandon. We're trying to dissect the Da Vinci Code that who's Pop's talking about, and someone asked Jeff McDonald, who are the people he thinks he's talking about. Jeff's response was, Brandon got pulled early in the third for Trey was replacing his next turn in the rotation by Blake yep. and did not return until the final few minutes of mop-up duty. Absolutely, Malachi's on the list of people because he's just doing cardio. He's going to be in great shape, but that's about it. That's about it. I don't know if it's going to be Trey. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be Blake. Well, I don't know, but Malachi Branham is out there doing cardio. He's bringing the ball across half court, passing it, and then just fading away into oblivion. So I, I definitely think that's one of the people that Popovich was talking about again. Who it could be a you never know in the mind of Greg because you could, you could have some people thinking you know oh well, we think such and such is playing great and Pop doesn't and vice versa. So we really don't know. We're just kind of trying to guess and trying to be a fly on the wall. And this is no. Whenever you say this, it obviously is. But this is no disrespect to, to Champagne. Played well last night. Yeah, he did. I hear a butt coming. But is he an NBA? 
starting forward on any team that has any prayer of winning basketballs consistently as Pop talks about. I mean, let's be realistic. I like the effort that the man has given. I mean, but he has yeah, worked his me ass laugh, off. Me laughing to get where should answer your question. But let, this is the NBA. But and see, that's why I say, why do y'all want Pop to scream and yell when y'all know he don't have the dogs? And there's part of that. We have to be realistic here that he is making moves, but he's not getting more talented. He's getting more effort. And sometimes no. that, that's enough to kind of turn the tide. But if you believe that the answer to the Spurs' consistency effort is Julian Champagne starting, no, that's and not I'm it. not mad at the no, kid. No, no, me neither. Bring no, it. I want all those. I if was you'll glad give to me, see somebody yes, hit a three. If you'll give me 60 minutes of effort, I'll be, I, I will take 15 consecutive losses because I know you are outgunned and outmanned. You're defending the Alamo here. I don't yeah. care how good you are. There just right. ain't enough of you. Amen. Amen to that. Won't get any disagreement from me. Hey, we'll continue talking Spurs, but it's not any fun unless you join with us. You can reach out a lot of different ways, and we'd like to hear from you. Heck, if you're listening on a holiday, you're a P1, baby. You call, you get on. 656-3776-656. Esma to you and me. You can type at that same number. You can go to our YouTube feed. However, uh, we'd like to add five more subscribers in the next 30 minutes. If we don't add five more subscribers in the next 30 I'm minutes, Rudy will not go to the bathroom until we add five new subscribers <laughs> he's gonna hold it tight i'm gonna get him that. some coffee and a brand bun Good and we're gonna that. see how long rudy can hold out until we get five new subscribers hey coming back let's talk some dallas cowboys oh my goodness mike mccarthy talks about the menace that is the lions is this the toughest team they've played all year and will cd lamb get the opportunity to play four quarters of football with balls coming his direction that would be an interesting football game, wouldn't it? Yeah. Let's talk some Cowboys and hear from Jerry next. This is R&R, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, everybody. Jason Minix here from The Blitz, our final show of the year, and we've got a lot to cover as we get you ready for Cowboys-Lions. We will do that by talking with Jane Slater from the NFL Network and John Mashota from The Athletic. We'll talk Longhorns football with Bob Ballou. We've got Valero Alamo Bowl tickets to give away on The Blitz. We start at 2 o'clock today. Now, Rob Thompson, my friend, Rob, you stood in my kitchen and said, we didn't do this right. We're not going to declare a winner. We're just going to have a good old time and say we had fun. And then you go on the radio yesterday claiming victory in our rib competition. Really, man? It's not a claim. Rematch. Sore loser. The sad thing Dude, is. Dude, that sounds like a sore loser to me. It was a. Uh, Did you tell drills. him that at his house that well, we weren't going to declare? Just, you were just trying to be nice in the moment. I yes. know you. You didn't want to embarrass him at his house, so you say, "Hey, man, it's no big deal. We didn't do it right. Don't worry about it." But then, of course, we come to the airwaves. You say you kicked his ass. That's what well, we all. I didn't done. want to bring up the fact that I saw the bowls where the votes were. Yeah, well, according um, to Joe, listening yesterday, yours had way more votes. Than well, his. I I only saw one vote for Jeff, and it was in his handwriting. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, he no, says I'm he kidding. says he I'm wants kidding. a rematch, and a worthy one because we all ate good. The, I, the true, the best part of this rematch is well, what the next step should be. We all do a picanha because, or a tri tip because so, so Joe, Joe brought that to town, and that might have been the best meat of the night. Let's, I'm gonna be very honest. What he brought was extraordinary. Too bad I threw a lot of it on the floor, or I played a role in well, it. Maybe a pork, the butt. a pork butt. A pork butt. I think well, that's I'll just a, do a pork butt. So you don't have. To, I don't want y'all to. 
do fourteen hour brisket and plus brisket is like one twenty. Well, let's do a pork. Well, butt. the, the uh, Joe said he his pecania. It's not long. It took him like two hours. Well, I yeah, two three hours. Not too long. Right? Uh, yeah, the brisket and all four of us do a brisket. Yeah, we might as well invite an army. Yeah, I mean that's that that'll feed sixty people. But I, I do think that uh, maybe something different. Maybe we. Yeah, go I a do. I route. say pork butt. But then we uh, it'd be that'd be different flavors of pulled pork. Yeah, everybody does theirs different. I'm hungry just thinking about it. Yeah, uh, I'm reading something as we look around the NFL. Is this true? What you just read to me about Mike Florio? Is that even if that's legal? Now this is a quote from uh, Mike Florio. Okay, uh, he of NBC Sports. Okay. He thinks the Chiefs could make a splash in the as the regular season ends by adding Eric Bieniemy once he's uh, relieved of his offensive coordinator what? duties in Washington. Mahomes has hinted that uh, how much he misses uh, the coordinator. This is the quote: First, the Commanders would have to fire Bieniemy if and when uh, they move on from the Ron Rivera. I think they should hire him as their head coach, but that's just me. Exactly. The Commanders could choose to hold other members of the staff in place until the next coach decides whether to keep him. If that does, doesn't does happen, and if Bayenemy is relieved of his duties, he'd be free and clear to join any other team for the playoff run. And if that was the case, why wouldn't he join uh, Patrick Mahomes, who recently explained that Bayenemy brought an accountability to the team that is desperately missing. I think Coach Bieniemy said uh, Mahomes was the standard bearer that was uh, when he was here. So, so okay, so there's so many layers to this. Number one, I can appreciate Mahomes admitting it because, again, considering who Mahomes is, he's the face of the league, he's Mr. Everything in Kansas City. I remember multiple times Bieniemy challenging him on the sideline and the cameras picking it up. So the accountability thing is real. When if you're challenging Mahomes, you can definitely challenge some sorry ass receiver that keeps dropping passes. Could you imagine the enemy watching those guys drop huh. passes? You would be to the point where you wouldn't want to drop them. Andy kind of just blows it off and goes on to the next play. Number two, let's say for whatever crazy reason the commanders did say, "Hey, the enemy, it didn't work out. The guys didn't like you. The guys thought you were too hard. You didn't mesh well. They fired you." If Kansas City called you, Rob, and you're Eric Bieniemy. Are you even taking that phone call? Like the way you were, because again, it wasn't yes. Can, it wasn't Kansas City's fault that you weren't getting gigs, unless there was something that went on behind the scenes that we don't know about. But you pick up that phone and listen to that, like, you, "Hey, come home." You pay me for a month and a half, whatever. <laughs> I show up and I fix this offense. I show up oh, and suddenly Kelsey you, is doing what he's you, doing, and Tony, I give you. him some new gloves so he can catch, and suddenly they win a couple of games. I am golden. I. I mean, put me in the line with uh, Tomlin, whoever has the most covet, or Harbaugh, whoever will f- shake free at the reg- end of the regular season. I think Bienna becomes the primary dude for anybody who's looking for an offense. But I, uh, that'll never happen, man. That'll never happen because why, the ego, why? it's about the ego. Well, First of all, the, the commanders have to fire. Yeah, the, the commanders have to fire him. And then the ego of... The owner going, uh, I made a mistake. Come on back. I just, I don't. Would Andy even want him back? I would think Andy would because I think he, Andy is more aware that he is, you know, Andy Reid is the, how about you explain it to me with the nuggies? He's the good cop. And then Bienemy was the bad cop, man. Bienemy was Ime Udoka on the right. sideline and had been called out for that. That's why he didn't get a lot of jobs because he interviewed too rough. Yeah. He was too hardcore. They were afraid to unleash him on players. Well, remember when he got to the Commanders, 
they were like, man, this dude's too hard. He's yeah. cussing at us and he's screaming and yelling at us and all this other stuff. And so, but that also, so there's two things in the compliment from Mahomes. Even though you don't mean it that way, and this is why athletes decide not to talk to us because people like me. So while you're complimenting the enemy, saying there was a level of accountability people were headed to, you indict Andy Reid and yep. Matt Nagy. You indict them. So like, oh, so you mean to tell me Matt Nagy and Andy Reid aren't holding people accountable? <laughs> and see, this is why athletes don't talk to us. Because I twisted, I just twisted Patrick Mahomes' words. He said nothing bad about Andy or Matt Nagy. He just complimented his old offensive coordinator. <laughs> but I took it and twisted it and turned it into, well, that means you're saying Matt Nagy doesn't hold people accountable, and neither does Andy Reid. I don't think it's that twisted. I think you hit it on the head. I, the proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the output. They are not as good, as effective on offense. They are a little bit more predictable. Players aren't as good as they were. And only two differences, time and be enemy. That's it. Mm. And I guess Juju Schuster was better than we thought. <laughs> I mean, that's what they had last year. Is I guess he's better than Tony, right? That's it. Juju Smith-Schuster is the difference between a Super Bowl champion. And why can't we say, we say this with every athlete, why can't we say Travis Kelsey's distracted? He has 39 commercials. We're seeing him it butt naked in a towel on social media because Taylor Swift's recording him out the shower. What? No, I didn't you know this. You see that video? I don't need to see this. Yeah, she posted him fresh out the shower. He got his towel on. that they are having relations? I, they're doing a little something-something. Uh, they're not besties. They they not just playing. They're kind, not just playing Connect Four. What kind? They they playing Twister, playing a little Twister. I thought. What about all those young Swifties looking yeah, up? Yeah, like this, why why can't we she's say hooking like, up with a football star? Yeah, when we when people would normally when guys have this many commercials in season, and you're not playing as well as you have been in the past, we call it a distraction. Are we scared to say that that Travis Kelsey isn't all the way locked in? What's wrong with saying that? I think that's a fair assessment. We don't say he's that. on You're TV all damn day long. It, you know why he's not playing? And I would be too if I was him. I, I'm hey, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it is what it is. He's clearly distracted. It's because he got the flu shot and the COVID what shot. Did, at the what same did Aaron Rodgers call him, uh, Mister Pfizer? <laughs> Mister Pfizer. So you know that's that. You know, there's a whole level of the internet that'll tell you that's why. Yeah. And Aaron wants to challenge him to an on-air debate. Uh, let's talk some Aaron Rodgers here in a bit. But coming around the corner, we'll look around the, the Dallas Cowboy land as Mike McCarthy talks about the Lions in glowing terms. Are they going to be able to maintain C.D. Lamb's production throughout an entire game? And how are those road woes ever going to be fixed? We'll hear from them that play a role in that, McCarthy and Jerry. That's next as Dallas Cowboy Talk continues live right here on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM and SASportsStar.com. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, good morning to you. Top of the morning to all. Dr. Jason Garrett's imminent. In about five minutes, we'll look at the injuries around the NFL, specifically the Cowboys and a bad back. And a, what's a Hankins issue? Ankle. Is it ankle? Mm -hmm. We'll talk with Dr. Garrett about that in just a bit. The uh, what do you think of the Cowboys' running game? C, C, yeah, I think, and and I think that's not being unfair. Yeah, it's a C plus. Uh, the offensive they got a line strong is... seventy eight. I was a C student. My mama loves me still. Hey man, you, you, <laughs> they're getting over a hundred yards a game. 
pretty consistently running the ball. It's not timely running. It's not. A, it would be a B minus if he would have got that touchdown. Marcus Spears uh, was talking about the uh, Dallas Cowboy run game, and it is going to be an absolute necessity to win a playoff game. This is Spears on what he thinks the Cowboys running game looks like. If you can't run it, you can't win a Super Bowl. What? That's just what it boils down to for me. And there is no better example than first and one in the fourth quarter and you get sacked for an eight-yard loss by Nick Chubb and Van Ginkle. They are struggling to run the football. Brandon and Dallas and, and Dak, is, Dak did play. He was solid. But this team is at its best when they can hit chunk plays in the run game. And they just don't have that ability consistently enough, in my opinion. I think Dallas needs to really identify – how they are going to manufacture yards on the ground between Tony Potter and Rico Dowdle in order to be a real contender in the NFC. It didn't include uh, Hunter Lipke. This is a quote from Pollard Thursday. You think you're good. You think you're all the way back until you're actually out there making plays, full speed feeling it. Once you get a feel for it, get your feet under it, then you start to realize, oh, so I may have lost a little right there, but I'm picking it back up. And I think there's no doubt. Last year, Tony, that's a he walks in. He walks in on that touchdown. But I didn't notice it until I forget the game, but he broke away. He finally had one of those breakaways where Tony would that, that would have been a touchdown. And he got walked down. And I could see a little gimp in there. And I was like, oh, he's not all the way back. Which was a concern of mine coming in because I remember Former North, uh, former Carolina Panther Hall of Fame receiver Steve Smith said, I had the same injury as Tony Pollard, and it took me a full year. And Steve Smith was a, is a dog. He's a dog. And once Steve Smith told me that, I was like, oh, Pollard's in for it this season. And and, and clearly, he he's he's still not all the way right. There's some moments where he, you feel like he trusted, and then there's moments where he has six yards of touchdown in his face, and he decides to turn up like he's Earl Campbell. So... Clearly, he's still not all the way back yet. It's what? weird to watch. But are, are you only worried about the running game inside the 10? It seems like it. It seems like there's just not that big. And that's why I wanted Lepke. Mm -hmm. And then he leaves to the end zone without the damn ball. The uh, Lions lead the NFL with uh, 26 rushing TDs this season. Not lead. Uh, they have 26 rushing TDs this season. That's the third most uh, rushing touchdowns in their franchise history. Um, how are they... Are you comfortable against the run, the Cowboys' defense against the run? Because I do think no, that's going to be the theme of this weekend. I'm not. I'm not comfortable at all. No, I'm not. Especially when you're talking about what I saw this just this past Sunday. You know, two is not on his game, and you get a, you you just you know that they're about to run the ball. Everybody in the world knows they're about to run the ball, and yet they keep gashing you. And they just keep gashing you and gashing you. And then now you got the Detroit Lions coming in, who rank fourth in the league in running the ball. They average about a buck forty. So this is another mm -hmm. good, you know, it's another good uh, measuring stick for them. But when you ask me, am I confident? No. Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta could become the first pair of rookie teammates to score ten rushing touchdowns in the same season. Wow! And they still got, and they got David Montgomery over there. That's just two rookies. Gibbs, I was I was a big fan of Gibbs coming in out of Alabama. The thing about it is Bijan was so good, we just kind of forgot about Gibbs. But he's quietly putting in work up there for the Lions. 
The Lions have won five straight primetime games, oh. 4-0 this season. It's the longest active primetime winning streak in the NFL. Saturday night will be a primetime game. It's Jimmy Johnson night. You can't lose on Jimmy Johnson it night, right? It is Jimmy Johnson night, which will be worthy of discussion as we get closer and closer. That is finally cry? happening. Are you going to cry? I'm going to weep like a child. No, you're not. <laughs> I, you you're know, going to have another bourbon and be like, good for Jimmy. It, well, good for Jerry more than Jimmy. Jimmy, it's kind of like a, the best thing that we feel ever, like Jimmy's been in, right? Well, well the, the best thing that ever happened to Pete Rose was not getting into the Hall of Fame. Interesting. The best thing ever happened to him. It gave him a career for the next thirty years. Damn. Best thing ever happened to him. Yeah, because it's kind of like, oh, we feel bad for him. He's a martyr. Come down here and then sign sign autographs for one hundred fifty thousand. Because yeah. if you're in, it's like, okay, well, what do we need Pete for? Best thing that happened to Jimmy in Dallas Cowboy lore was not getting in because we talked about it for 20 years. We've been talking about getting him in the ring for 20 years. Yeah. And it's finally happening. Now there won't be anything to talk about. And Jimmy's career on Fox is winding down. As that whole Fox that set. That whole thing might disappear That whole soon. damn Fox set is winding down, ain't it? So I think that while it's timely and it was due, it's not the best thing that happened to Jimmy at all. I'll tell you the best thing that happened to you guys listening right now is you're listening as Dr. Jason Garrett arrives. He of Arosti as we look at injuries that are keeping your guys from getting in and helping your team. Morning, Doc. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Uh, I did, man. I hope. Uh, hopefully you guys can hear me okay. I'm driving up in the mountains right now. Snowboarding. What? Where are you at? I'm at Wolf Creek in Colorado. Wolf Creek always has snow. Is there snow? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. They got 10 inches a few days ago, so we should be okay. I'll tell you, for 50 miles, there'll be no snow. Wolf Creek always has it. So, as a, so you said you're snowboarding. Is the, is there is snowboarding better on your knees than skiing, or are they both equally difficult? Uh, they're both equally difficult. Snowboarding is a lot better on your knees but it's a lot worse on your head and your wrists, whereas skiing, you're more likely to tear your knees up pretty bad. Damn. So you're not skiing. You're snowboarding, right? Yep. I am snowboarding. I grew up skiing, and then I switched when I was about 18, and I've never looked back. You know, I always felt like snowboarders were having more fun than I was. It just looked like you guys were just doing better and more fun stuff. I couldn't adopt to it. That leaning into it just didn't feel right. Never could do it. (laughs) No, I'm not doing that. All right, Doc, let's talk some injuries real quick. Uh, especially uh, ankle injuries to a large man. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys' rush defense has been, uh, well, suspect to say the least. And uh, Mr. Hankins has been down for, uh, what, we got three weeks now? Yeah. Uh, with a bad ankle. When you're dealing with size and you you know the value of this kind of guy, what is a percentage of health that you, you, you check off on? Is it 95%, 90% where you go, okay, go back in if you can get through the pain? How long do you wait before you get a guy in with a high ankle sprain? Well, high ankle sprains are, if it is a true high ankle sprain, I know we talked about this a lot, those, for whatever reason, as soon as they feel good, they almost completely unravel if you come back too soon. Usually those are four to six weeks if it's a true high ankle sprain. Now, if it's a, an inversion ankle sprain where you get all the swelling on the outside because you rolled your ankle, you can come back two, three days, a week, two weeks. There's really, it's just pain dependent for those. But a high ankle sprain, you risk really, really making it worse and taking another six weeks if you come back too soon. With Tony Pollard, he's, you know, finally kind of admitting after his tightrope surgery last year, broken leg, he went with the tightrope instead of going with the surgery that would have required screws into the tibia and fibula. Are you shocked that he's still dealing with 
some issues from that surgery, which was well over, well, which it was now over a year ago. No, not really. If you ever have the opportunity to actually go in and watch a surgery, it's amazing what surgeons are able to do with a tiny little camera with little incisions. I mean, when we think about it, we think about like body carpentry, right? You just open it up, put things back together. They're good to go. That is not at all what a surgery looks like. Most of them are highly skilled. There's an art to it and everybody responds differently. So if you don't, if you don't nail it and put everything exactly where it goes and you don't do really good rehab pretty much perfectly, there's a good chance you're going to be dealing with chronic pain for the rest of your life. That is Dr. Jason Garrett of Arosti. He is showing the wares of his product by snowboarding at Wolf Creek as we speak. No kidding. Uh, How long do you normally feel uh, and keep the pain from a rolled ankle? Uh, We're talking Victor Wimbayama's right ankle sprain or roll, where he seemed to roll it a week prior, then kind of hurt it in a layup line. How long do you baby this thing, and at what point do you get back to work? I think with someone like Wimbayama, because the Spurs have only won like four games this year, there's no rush to get him back, especially since he's the future of the organization. I would be extraordinarily conservative with him. Now, if the Spurs were in a playoff hunt, if they were you know, trying to get into, into some sort of playoff, then I would get him back as soon as possible. Ankles are not that big of a deal. You can play through most of them. But at that point, right now, there's no reason to rush him back. Well, I get, I get that, Doc. But, again, we're talking about an ankle he rolled on December 11th. And we're now at December 27th. That's not it's not shocking to you that it's this long he's dealing because Pop said last night he didn't look a hundred percent. No, I'm not. I'm really not surprised at all. Again, he's the future of the organization, and he's he's pretty flexible. So I'm really surprised that that they would bring him back. Even when he rolled it and he came back into the game, it looked pretty terrible. I think Rudy, you're the one who confirmed with me that that was not a fake picture. That his ankle no. was actually <laughs> bent ninety degrees. Right. And. The more fresh an ankle sprain is, meaning like if it's your first or second time, the longer it takes to recover. If you've sprained it 10, 20, 30 times, then you can come right back. So I don't know his history of ankle sprains, but if he hasn't had a lot of ankle sprains, then I'm not surprised at all they're being conservative. Uh, there's a lot of people out there getting ready to go skiing and spend some time on the slopes. Do you have a uh, a uh, rehab thing, at, at an evening in between ski things? What's the best thing you could do to keep yourself ready for that third day when things are getting a little sore? Well, this is a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do kind of thing. <laughs> um, get in the hot tub. But if you're smart and you want to feel good the next day, drink a ton of water, some electrolytes, and get a really good night of sleep. That's by far the best thing you can do. And if you're sore, if you're not used to doing a lot of leg work, do not get in a hot tub because you'll be way more sore. Uh, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to get in the hot tub if I can. I'm going to drink a little bit, and I'm probably not going to sleep great. <laughs> Uh, do you still believe in what Aaron Rodgers was doing up there in Austin now that he's not going to be back this season? Because I know you were kind of trying to keep it under wraps. Like, you know what, well, let's see how this turns out. Do you still believe in what Aaron Rodgers was doing up there in his rehab in Austin as as something that we can look forward to going forward for Achilles injuries? I do, mostly because of how much he was able to do on the practice field right. long before they even considered bringing him back. I mean, he was – He was like a month out. He was already out there throwing balls, walking with no brace on, which is totally unprecedented with an an Achilles surgery recovery. So whatever he's doing, I still think it's probably the future of Achilles tears. That is Dr. Jason Garrett joining us from the mountains of New Mexico, Colorado region. Hey, stay safe, my friend. Uh, Travel safe, ski safe, board safe, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Doc. Hey, thanks, guys. 
He is Dr. Jason Garrett of Arasti. He stops by explaining to you how athletes are getting themselves back in the game. Ain't no way. Shout out to Doc, because I'm going to tell you right now, if I've got bourbon and i got on my $2,000 ski outfit that I've rented, I ain't getting on the phone with y'all. I know. <laughs> I'm not. Well, you know what I mean? He's talking about being in hot tubs and bourbon. Mind. And skiing, I ain't. I'm not calling y'all. He's on the. It's seven a.m. Exactly. Exactly. Or no, it's seven. It's about to be seven. So he's on the way to the mountain right now, oh, and gotcha. he is not feeling very good. If he got there yesterday or the day before, that first night when the altitude hits you, and so does the schnapps. Boy, that next morning. Whoa. Oh, gotcha. And there is no better place in the world than a hot tub after a long day of skiing i don't oh. i get it i don't get the hot tub in cold places because you gotta so good. you gotta get out at some oh, point you're right it's awful you but, see i mean once you get out it feels like you're gonna die i want it to be so cold that there are icicles forming in my hair i love that there's something about a hot tub after skiing and a good glass of mold wine oh my goodness i'm jealous for sure I guess I got to try it. I can't knock it because I've never tried well, it. I can't but I'm not getting anymore. on no skis. No, that's that's. I'm the, not getting on a snowboard. I might throw a few snowballs and take some IG pictures, but I'm not going down a mountain. Yeah, I'm a on I'm a, a board. I am a lodge type now. I no longer get on. Yeah, no I skis. need. I can glamp. <laughs> I'll glamp. You know what I mean? I'll do a nice, beautiful, warm cabin with the Wi-Fi, but I'm not just going. I'm not mountaineer. I'm not a mountaineer. Did you see the blizzard that went through the Midwest uh, the last two days? No, has it been, has it been crazy? Whiteout conditions. Well, I, well I, don't, I don't want that with our grid. It's icy cold. It's 40 degrees out there, San Antonio. And if you're up and about, we do thank you for stopping by. We have a whole hour of fun headed just for you for tuning in right now. It's only for you, so don't go anywhere. And while we head off to break, you got a job to do. Make sure you are following us at all the appropriate places and all the socials, at Rudy J, at Rob Thompson ESPN. Make sure you are liking and subscribing at our YouTube channel because when you come back, you'll be talking with us and seeing us as we do it. We're talking Spurs, we're talking Cowboys, and having some fun. This is R&R. &R. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Oh, wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the Cowboys. Oh, oh, oh. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this? Each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R and R in the morning on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. This is R and R in the morning, a Wednesday edition. We're glad you're with us. Uh Rudy back in the saddle. I'm Rob Thompson, Easy E driving a boat, and our DH is swinging the bat. Uh, this hour, we're talking NFL. We'll ask who the MVP is in your mind. We're going to hear from Micah. Is he annoying? And is he right? And we're giving away some tickets. Uh, Dave Evans of USAA is going to join us in about 30 minutes. He's got a pair of tickets to go see the Alamo Bowl tomorrow night as uh, OU comes, on to, comes to town, exiting the Big 12. Arizona arrives, entering the Big 12. Should be a fun game. You know, the Derek Fox and Rick Hill and the crew out there, they always put together a good matchup yeah it's the best bowl game outside of the uh the four as far as ratings anyway and we always pretty, get some pretty good games and if, for those that didn't watch arizona football there was a pretty good team this year all year long now the only problem is with these bowl games and i think it's something that we definitely have to discuss at some point i don't know how it would work but i thought rob brought up a good point in pre-show 
the portal before bowl games is it's death to the bowl games. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, like you talk about, oh, you know, quarterback, no receiver, Arizona, who knows who they lost, who knows who Georgia lost. You know, Florida just lost to Etienne. He's going to Georgia. Like, the portal really hurts the bowl game. So, you know, if I'm Valero or if I'm Tax Act, I'm like, damn, because I know the Ag. I know for damn sure the Aggies had some guys on that defensive side of the ball that was dominant all year long that won't be playing tonight up in Houston. So the portal and when it starts and when it opens – Maybe we should move it to after the bowl games. I, I think that there would be. Some I don't know agreement. what's the logistics, but because you know how things go when you're recruiting and signing days. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but because signing day is so close to the signing days before the bowl, so it's a weird place to be. But it screws up some of the bowls. I I, I can't. This doesn't work. And in any season, even before the portal, there's always one team that's coming to play and one team that's coming to party for most bowls. I mean, every now and then you get yeah. two that are coming to play because they're senior-laden and this is their last game, and that's normally what you look at for good bowl games. How many seniors are playing? Yeah. Because this is literally their last yeah, outing. Yeah, well, you look at, you know, we go all the way back to Christian McCaffrey. He was one of the, you know, started the guys who was like, uh, I'm missing the bowl game. I'm about to start working out, getting ready for the draft. Same is going on with Caleb Williams. It's not the oh. portal with him. He's like, oh, I'm going to sit out too. So the, the, you got the draft guys that sit out. Then you know your first day guy, and then you have your portal guys. So it's a weird place for the bowls, especially if you're spending millions upon millions of dollars to have your company attached to these bowl games. Congratulations to Texas State winning their first bowl game over Rice last night and drinking their side of the uh, stands dry, what no. we've been told. No, congratulations to Texas State on being lushes. <laughs> they never, no stadium in America runs out of beer. They were cut off. After the 30th person stumbled to the window and couldn't say Miller Lite without stuttering, the executives made a decision, made an executive decision to cut Texas State off because they could have easily got two Ewall Kubotas, drove them around the stadium, and came back with six pallets of beer from the right side. They didn't sell out of no damn beer. They got cut off. Go home, you're drunk, Texas State fan. That's all you're known for. And all those Rice guys were drinking wine coolers and wine yeah, anyway. And White Claws. So, yeah, there was beer on the other side of the state. And Rice is probably doing dry dry December. Uh, the future rocket engineers of the world and politicians, they don't drink. Uh, Texas State is known for Joe Reinagle's hair, Jane Pledger's chanclas, and being luscious. That's all Texas State is known for. Uh, so I got a few girls that I remember. Congratulations, Texas State. That flash in my memory bank. You know, congratulations, Texas State. You woke up on someone else's couch. What's new for y'all? I don't know when the final ballot is due for the MVP race. But it it seems like Turn yours in right now, Rob. Nine oh six. Turn in your ballot. Lamar Lamar wins it. By default, I, I think I'm a lot like the rest of the country as we had visions of offering the MVP to a non-quarterback, but I just don't think it's going to pan out. Tyreek Evans needs uh, 359 yards or so to break 2,000, and I think if he gets it, he should get the MVP. It'll be a foregone conclusion that he gets it, just because as good as Lamar has been, I don't think he is the MVP caliber he was when he won the MVP. Lamar already has an MVP? Yeah. Damn, that's right. So I don't think he's even as good as he was when he won it, even though as a whole he's a better quarterback, if that I makes some sense. I think the performance he put on, like what's scary about Lamar is the light bulb has gone off 
as far as scramble to throw. Right. If he's scrambling to throw, you're not beating them. Like, I, I wasn't shocked that Brock Purdy struggled. I wasn't shocked that Jeremy Lin struggled. I mean, Brock Purdy. Not shocked at all. That was, I was like, yeah, at some point he was going to come back to earth. He's he, he's a good, solid quarterback. Sam Darnold comes in, goes right down the field and scores. He's a system QB, whatever. I was shocked at the defense. That was the most shocking thing to me that Lamar Jackson carved up that great San yeah, Francisco did. defense. He really did. But if he's going to scramble to throw, and again, this is not this is not Odell Beckham from the Giants. This is not like he doesn't have like Metcalf and Lockett and then Jigba. The wide receiving core is okay. They're okay. But when he's doing that, they look like all world receivers. So that's that he yeah, he probably is the MVP right now, Rob. But, but damn, I mean, it's like last week it was Purdy. Right. So one game can cost you? I because guess they're so. so close. There's because really so not close. a separator. And I think if Tyreek would have played a game and gotten another 60 or 70 or even just an average outing 100 yards and he was only 159 or right under 200 yards before uh, two games to go to get the 2,000, he would be so far ahead of Lamar right now. Because, you know, the 2,000 yards thing, and all you got to do is watch him play one time and you realize even when he doesn't catch the ball, uh, he plays such a huge role in that offense. I put it to you that that, that drive to, for, that Miami used to win the game, as many times as Mostert touched, touched the ball, right. it was Tariq Evans pulling guys off deep. Yeah, you know what I mean. Taking two, three guys deep from those safeties that are uh, the de facto linebackers weren't there to help, and that was all well, scheme. Would you would you have McCaffrey ahead of Hill? Yes, I would. Ahead of Tyreek, I think I would if if they had won. You know, if they had won and he had done that all, I think he is more important to the Forty ers Not more important than Debo. Well, you know what? Or You're Trent right. Williams. Well, Trent Williams goes without saying. Yeah. He, I mean, I think that that the obvious change in that, in the, not just the offense, but just the mindset of that 49er team when Trent was standing next to the blue tent, you could tell those guys were like, well, we're not going to win this one. Yeah. It just it, it got out of hand fast. Former MVP and ongoing media darling, uh, Aaron Rodgers, was on uh, uh, Pat McAfee's show yesterday. Wife beater. Not literal. Shirt, I you know he had just about brought me back. You almost gave in the air. I was just about in the boat. I mean, I felt bad for him. Right. I thought he had hung with the team. He had done everything he could he's, to he's stand been involved by. on the sidelines. Oh, Zach Wilson would have been a shriveling pile of goo if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers kind of stepping in and protecting him there for a little while. I mean, he he did everything that the high dollar dude should have done after the injury. You know, he threatened to come back. He was doing this miraculous stuff all over the country down in Austin and we really expected him to be there. And I remember the Friday before the designation period, the Friday before the Wednesday, like the first week in December or the last week in November where you had to decide who was going to be on your roster to close the season out in the active roster? And I remember that Friday hearing a debate as to, of of course they're going to activate Aaron. They have to if they're going to let him play. And he's been talking about it the entire time. Well, Aaron was on Pat McAfee's show. And what I was led to believe is evidently, at least by Aaron Rodgers' memory, not the case. Yeah, no, Aaron now, Aaron's, you know, backpedaling. This wasn't my call. Why are you media people coming after me? 
it's it's Aaron being Aaron, the guy that we thought he, you know, kind of grew out of. And, you know, you're not going to change at 39. At 39, you pretty much are who you are. There's not much more maturing you can do. You just, that's who Aaron Rodgers is. But he now he's saying, no, 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 no. It wasn't my call. I didn't want anybody to get cut. They made the call for me. Now, you got an entire team traded, an entire cabinet of first-round picks. You made them sign Randall Cobb. You made them go and get Lazard. Like, you made all of these calls. But, oh, no, you let them sit back and tell you when you were going to come off the IR. You want us to believe that. He's not about to ask to be traded, is he? This is what he has to say. You know, it's an interesting spot for me because I'm basically just saying, hey, IR, right? This is, you know, this season, uh, you know, is over for me. Uh, That's not what you told us. So because of that, I was on the practice field. I love the practice. Didn't want it to be at the expense, you know, of a teammate. But, uh, again, that's out of my control. So he, uh, he told us. I thought he was in complete control. December, there. I'm coming back. I'm I'm working out. He told me, He told us. He told us on McAfee he's coming back. And now, because he couldn't come back or he chose not to come back, whatever the case is, it's not his fault. Well, I think Aaron, see, but the, the, the caveat is, Rob, he said if we're in the playoff hunt, he didn't even. Well, he said he that said first. That. Right. That's even what I'm saying. up until th- the week of designation, when they had to pull him off the IR or do what they had to do to get him in a position to play if he was ready, he didn't say then, "Hey, I ain't ready." He didn't say that. Yeah, he didn't say that. I didn't want anybody to get cut. Well, I it was think, just I'm coming back. I think the Jets, if if they'd have had their druthers, they'd rather have a guy that might actually be able to play than Aaron Rodgers, who by his estimation was not. But though he had told everybody, I'm coming back. He did. He and, said, I don't I'm know, gonna, and what makes I'm it even shock worse? I'm the world. I'm going to do the first. Yeah, he, it was like his challenge. If he'd have come back and said, hey, man, I ain't going to be ready, we would all said, well, yeah, we didn't think you were going to be ready. But just the fact that you thought you could be ready is a miracle unto itself. But he doesn't even take it that way. It ain't even that he couldn't get back, Rob. It's the fact that he's not owning it. Like, I don't even care. Like, okay, let's say that was care. your goal. You said it out loud, but it just didn't quite happen. It was impossible. Happen. But for you to now come out and be like, no, that wasn't my call. That's bull crap. Everything that the, the Jets based their whole entire roster and everything they've done from the bringing Nathaniel Hackett in, they did everything you asked them to do. And now all of a sudden you don't make any calls? Knock it off, bro. Dude, knock I, it off. I cannot even imagine if I I'm Woody I want, I want right him now. on TV after his career, though, because you're going he's gonna shoot you straight and he's gonna make some athletes mad. We have a promo running, and I don't know who says it, but they need to put it on a shirt. Aaron needs attention like most people need air. Damn. I mean, is, does that That's, not sum him up? Oof. I like attention too, but no, I'm not like I'm not Aaron. Just, I can't. That okay. I'm done with him from now on. And Jets, you get so you're not gonna let him. I think he's gonna start angling for a trade. He's already talking about the trust, and that's the first little. You know, they're forcing me to do something I don't want to do. Yeah. Speaking of New York quarterbacks, did you read the story on Aaron Judge picking up Devito's tab? They're at the same restaurant. Devito looks up, sees Judge. They kind of nod. Devito goes to pay, and they tell him, "Hey, man, Aaron Judge has picked up your tab." Pretty cool, Aaron. Shout out to Aaron Judge for that. I think Aaron should have picked up everybody's tab in a restaurant. (laughs) 
Everybody? Dude, after what you... It's New York restaurant. That's a pretty hefty tab. After last year, I think you owe us all a a, a steak. Who, Judge? Yeah, I think after last year, after what you did the previous year and all the money that came in and then last year, I think you could have bought everybody a steak. I I saw where uh, Tommy Cutlets uh, fired his agent. He didn't fire his agent. Reassigned him. Yeah, he's just like, you're just agent only. You're not a part of marketing. But you're still my agent, but you just can't do, you can't be on the marketing side because you're not handling things properly. I want this guy to get into the uh, media representation business. I want to bring this guy in for my next negotiation. No, you don't. I want this dude to show up in the black on black and pinstripe with the hat and the chain and the phone to the next Why? negotiation. So you, can, so you can see Greg Martin kick his ass? <laughs> well, I just, I just want to see to do with that what dude. the suits would do if I brought in Johnny Bag of Donuts as my, as my agent. They'd be saying, hey, we'll send the both of y'all home. It's <laughs> the most likely scenario. Yeah. Hey, uh, Micah Parsons, he's a heck of a football player but can get a little annoying. But I think he might actually have a case here. We're going to hear from Micah as to when and if he will ever have a player blocking him get called for holding. And, hey, we're giving away some Alamo Bowl tickets in just about 20 minutes. You don't want to go nowhere. We're talking Alamo Bowl, the matchup, and USAA. What a fine gathering, and it will include two tickets to go see the game tomorrow nice. night. Hey, hang around with us. We're talking Cowboys next. We're good at that. This is R&R, and you're on 94.1, a San Antonio sports star. This is Jason Minnix, and you're listening to the home of the Texas Rangers, 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's R&R in the morning here on San Antonio Sports Star. Rudy and Rob with you. We're just the beginning of a full sporting day. Don't forget the Blitz gets going at 2 o'clock, and they're chock full of guests. They're talking Cowboys oh, with Machoda. Slater. Yeah, they got a few. They got uh, Baloo. Bob Baloo's going to come on and tell us why Texas is going to win by 50 and defend Texas and everything about Texas. That uh, game is. That's the primetime game. They get the, the whole world to be watching. You think uh, Joe Tessitore is ready for this? Uh, Texas is back to go away or he's enjoying the notoriety of this? Uh, I think now it's cool. I think, so? I think the last four years he probably felt like, damn it, I wish this would go away. But right now he sounds like a genius. And if they lose, we'll continue to play it. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, we were, they were, we were planning when they were losing to Kansas at home. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, don't even get me started on Texas. I, don't know. I can't wait till January 1st. It's, I really can't. That's going to be a day. Uh, don't forget to catch those games live right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Uh, Micah Parsons and his Edge podcast, they've gotten a little out there. Very few players have the uh, leeway to do what he's been doing this year. And, uh, you know, he's backed up for the most part. I mean, he's had a, it hadn't been an MVP season, but he's in the top five in sacks and, you know, the pressures and the top impact. Seven, but same. Top, top seven, in yeah, sacks. That's but seven. What, what's the, he's got what, 13? 13. And the lead is at 17? Yeah, he's tied, he's tied for seventh. So, I mean, 13 sacks, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. There's not, there's no problem with his play. It hasn't been as great as we thought, but it's still been great. Yeah. He, look, man, this, the kid, he, he's born and raised in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. So for 20 years, all he was to look, he's the best baseball player. He's the best wrestler. He's the best basketball player. He's the best football player. He's playing running back. He's playing linebacker. For 20 years, he's been told how great he was, you know, and then, you know, then the last couple of years, you start getting people coming at you and Micah doesn't know how to, Micah hasn't handled that well. He hasn't handled 
people not being in his corner well. And he and he's been he's been super annoying on his podcast all year long. After the San Fran game, I think was the most embarrassing. You know, like, well, they took it personal. We'll take the next game personal. And, you know, Debo's like, what are you talking about? It's been personal. Like, you late. And the, and the latest thing the last couple of weeks is Micah uh, crying about not getting any holding calls going in his favor. And Michael Gelkin, a Dallas Morning News or some one of those rags. Had some time on their hands. Had some time on his hands and did the research and did a great job of research. It's fi- figured out that in the last 36 quarters, Micah Parsons has not had a holding call go in his favor. And as annoying as Micah is, he is 1,000% right to be screaming about this. There is no way somebody with 13 sacks as talented, as explosive, as dynamic, as talented as Micah Parsons is, hasn't been held one time in nine games. That's just stupid. It is. And and, and it's an indictment of how bad NFL officiating has been this year. It's not, look, Micah. You're not the only one dealing with it. The refs have been awful for the last couple of years, if if we're being real. So to, for Micah Parsons to go nine games, as talented as he is, it's it's a crime. It's a crime that not one hold. And then there's a screenshot floating around where he was being held by two Dolphins, and there's no flag. Two. Does it surprise so he's you right. that the Cowboys didn't know or hadn't mentioned that? Well, I think the Cowboys knew, but just, but the Cowboys are handling it. Jerry and Mike McCarthy are trying to be like, yes, it's happening, but we can't put so much energy into it. We, we know they put together videos, right? Oh, yeah. hell yes, they send videos. I, mean, I asked McCarthy that, like, hey, have y'all chopped up tape and sent these? Like, oh, we do that all the time. Well, like, if, that's been going on for years. Well, I'm mad at the Cowboys. I am. If I'd have known that, if I'd have known that it had been 30 games, if I'd have known it had been 25 games. Or quarters, yeah. Whatever or, it is. Whatever quarters, game. Yeah. If I'd have known that we had reached double digits at any point and I had supplied the film to the NFL, I had showed them what had happened and nothing had changed, I would be screaming it from the mountaintop. Every time, if I'm McCarthy, every time I walk out, I'd say four more quarters and no holding call. Yeah. I, I would, I would force the NFL's hand. Now, it could backfire on you, and it could cost you some money. But the fact remains, this is game-changing things here. And it's more frustrating for the Cowboys because every game we have to hear about them being the most penalized team. And you're like, okay, fine. We got some discipline issues in certain areas. Cool. But y'all are also not calling penalties against the teams we're playing. And because what Micah brings to the table is, is so intricate as to what they want to be on defense. That defense is better when Micah's eating. And he can't eat if he's being held. So it 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 and especially in a game that's as close as that game was this past Sunday against the Dolphins. A holding a couple of holding calls and a couple of extra sacks by Micah changes that game. It does. I know it, it sounds crazy, but four that's four plays that are game changing. Again, when it's third and seven and Micah's being held by two Dolphins. That matters. That changing at to third and 17 is so huge. It's an extra possession. Like, is, is, there's there's less time taken off of the clock because now you got to get the you get the ball back. It, it, it's, it's huge. So, again, we can not like the delivery, and we can hate the podcast, but if he's right, he's right, and I'm sorry. This isn't some dude. This isn't just some jag. This is Micah freaking Parsons, who at the beginning of the season was one of the picks 
to be a possible not only defensive player of the year, but a possible MVP candidate. And he's clearly being held nine games. Nine. I'm sorry. Anybody that's in that top seven, there's no, and again, I haven't done the research. This is me guessing. There is no way TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, and these guys have gone nine games and no one's held them. That's, it's impossible. And then you got to think, Rob, in these nine games, there's what? There's Giants. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's some terrible teams that, within these nine games that you know damn well they held Micah at some point. Come yeah. on now. And even if like you got, got to have a close one, don't you just give them one off GP? At some point. It is criminal, it's criminal. neglect. It's that, criminal. I'm sorry. I hate to be that guy, but it's bad. And, you know, a lot of times NBA referees will let a quarter or three quarters of a game get away from them, and then they even things up in one quarter. Right. Maybe the Cowboys and Micah will get the even up calls in the last two games of the we'll season. See. To get things a little or, or bit back on the, the playoffs. Norm. Right. Hey, we'll continue talking Cowboys in just a couple minutes. But coming up next, we're going to be joined by, joined by a good friend of the show, uh, USAA's very own, uh, David Evitz. He's joined us before. He leads the USA Educational Foundation. And as the Valero Alamo Bowl gets going tomorrow night, USAA is a, an appreciation partner with the Valero Alamo Bowl with, uh, uh, the military going on in San Antonio. We're giving away a pair of tickets coming up next. Hold on tight. Let's talk Alamo Bowl with someone on the inside with a close barking spot. Hold on tight. Tickets given away next here on R&R. This is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's R&R in the morning here on San Antonio Sports Star. He's Rudy. I'm Rob. It's time for one of those great annual events in San Antonio. The Valero Alamo Bowl kicks off tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, it's part of San Antonio. And you want to talk about part of San Antonio. USAA is certainly part of the fabric of Military City USA. And as the official military appreciation partner of the Valero Alamo Bowl, uh, we'd like to welcome on a good friend of the show. He's been here before, Dave Evans. Uh, Welcome aboard, David. We're glad to have you today. Hey, appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me. Now, you're part of the USAA Educational Foundation, which has got a unique mission. Explain to you, our listeners, you don't have to be part of USAA to take advantage of what you guys are doing. No, no. We're a nonprofit. We're, we're designed for everyone um, that serves in the military, uh, regardless if you're a USAA member or not. And, and what we try to do is um, help military families make really smart financial decisions. Uh, and, and, you know, military life can be tough. Um, and challenging, you got a lot going on, and so sometimes finances go by the wayside. Um, and so we try to make it easy and simple for you to understand, so you can kind of take control of your finances and have financial freedom. Now, I've seen on uh, during the game, you you're asking people to get there early Thursday for like a state of the art Ace Academy flight simulator, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this thing is pretty cool. I mean, if you saw Top Gun Maverick, I mean, this is a simulator where anyone nice. can jump into and play Maverick for a day and, and you get to see what it's like uh, to fly a, a high-caliber a high military uh, aircraft. It's pretty cool. It's completely awesome. And as a promotional partner with USAA, you guys got a lot going down tomorrow. Not only will you offer the, the trainer or the uh, simulator, but hats are going to be available in each team's colors, uh, giveaways going on all around the stadium. Tell us about your involvement tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I, exactly right. Just get there early, walk around, enjoy, go to the fan zone. Uh, we got the flight simulator. We got a whole bunch of foam cowboy hats uh, for both teams branded to wear. Um, I don't know if the OU fans brought their own cowboy hats, but we've got both, <laughs> you know, for the Arizona fans too. 
and then um, we have all kinds of activations throughout the game, you know, recognizing military heroes. We have, we've given a bunch of uh, uh, free tickets away to wounded warriors and uh, local military organizations to get, you know, Military City USA out there at the game and, and enjoy this great game that's going to happen tomorrow night. How hard has it been for you all to be nice to the Oklahomans? <laughs> Well, hey, we love everybody. We love everyone, especially our, our military bases. I know. Military bases in Oklahoma and Arizona. I, I, I'm kidding, David. I'm kidding. Talk to us about this game. I mean, it's it's kind of weird, David, and I think every bowl is dealing with it. So I, I think it's only fair to talk about it. You know, when with the transfer portal, it kind it does affect these bowl games, especially you know OU. Their QB's gone. A couple other players. The bowl, the bowl games have, you know, in their in their own weird way, kind of suffered because of the transfer portal as well. Yeah, but you know, it's next man up, right? I mean, true, very it's true. A chance to get some get some tape, get some film on you, show the coaches what you can do as you go into next year, and you know, OU and and Arizona, they don't have any duds on that roster. I mean, all of them are highly recruited athletes, and um, you know, I'm I, I'm 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 almost more excited to see what what some hungry kids are going to do who may not have had the playing time during the year who can really ball out uh, when they're, when they get the chance to shine on the field. Dave, uh, as you join us, you're, you're formerly of, uh, uh, you played some football at West Point, played in the army Navy game. And we got to watch you guys sing second this year, take a, a nice victory. Uh, talk about your affiliation with football and how that, uh, what that means to your job currently, uh, with USAA and working with military families, getting their financial dealings in order. No, I appreciate it. I, mean, I actually grew up here in San Antonio. I'm a, I'm a product of, of Madison High School. Nice. Um, recruited, went off and played at West Point, um, played in the Army Navy game. And, you know, it's funny because when I served in the military, it was just like another football team. It really was. I mean, you, you get um, young men from all walks of life coming together, um, all aligned to kind of a, a single goal, uh, working together, encouraging each other, pushing each other. Um, you get that in the military. Um, and, you know, for – for what we do today at the Educational Foundation, um, we want to make them be their best. And in your financial situation shouldn't be a stressor on while you're serving. Uh, and we try to make that easy for them. Um, and it's just, you know, you know, sometimes we say football is a team sport, the military is a team sport. Well, managing your finances is a team sport too. And, mm. you know, that's the whole military family. It's not just those in uniform or the military spouse. It's everyone together. David, how would they reach out to you? Yeah, just go to our website, usaaef.org, uh, right there on the web. And we also have on all the normal uh, social media platforms as well. Usaaef.org, that's Educational Foundation. I want to stress again, as we all start getting our credit card bills, after what was a busy December, <laughs> if you're looking to Amen. get your... Amen. Get your house in order. Uh, you don't have to be, although you should be a USAA member, but you don't have to be. Uh, and we know as we begin the new year, we all have our goals, and let's uh, look forward to a strong financial future. And USAA has played a role in my financial future for years, not only in my insurance, but a variety of other attributes. That's just what USAA has done here in San Antonio. They're part of the fabric here and playing a huge role in the game tomorrow. If you want some tickets, we've got them to give away right now. Want to give them away? Six five six three seven seven six six five six ESPN. Let's uh, should we? Uh, let's do caller number six here, yeah, uh, David. As you talk about the team uh, effort with USAA, how did you find your way into this particular line of work with USAA? 
you know, when I was getting out of uniform, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. That's, that's not uncommon for people in the military. Right. Um, but what I knew I wanted to do was be a part of a good team. And, and I'll figure out the job next. And to me, there was no better team to join uh, than USAA. And I'm, I'm proud to have been there for 11 years, and I plan to, to never leave. So it, it is a great organization, strong core values, great people that work there, great mission. Um, it's hard not to get out of bed in the morning when, when you do the work that we do. There's going to be a lot of veterans in the game tomorrow. Thanks to USAA, they support the Alamo Bowl's hometown MVPs program, providing tickets to local military and wounded warriors. When you get the opportunity tomorrow, military types, stand and be recognized. You've earned it. They're doing it tomorrow, and a couple, I hope, will be going on your dime, Dave. Thanks for stopping by today. This is one of the great things that Appreciate San Antonio you, does, and it's because of entities like USAA and Valero that we get what we get tomorrow night. David, thanks for stopping by. I know he's going to be with the Blitz today. If you don't win them right now, you can join the Blitz this afternoon a little after 3.30 and David will be back on to win a pair of tickets to go see our beautiful Alamo Bowl uh, down in the Alamo Dome as OU and Arizona go at it again. David, uh, we wish you a happy holiday season. Thanks for stopping by and bringing those tickets. Hey, appreciate it, fellas. Have a good one. Hey, we right, appreciate it, man. The man uh, served our country and continues to serve us here in San Antonio, part of the USAA Educational Foundation. Uh, they help you get your financial uh, you know, aspirations in order. You don't have to be in trouble to go talk to these guys. They put together plans, and they're there to help. Take you advantage go so of this. You so you don't get in trouble. Exactly. And if you did kind of overspend, now's the time to address it as we head into the new year. Amen. You know, as we... Uh, close out today's show last night we watched the spurs go down yet again and i think for the first time this season we have seen pop and other players start to address what we have been watching over the first to 25 29 games right. just a miserable lack of consistency and an inability to close out games it it's not about the talent level we know they're not an overly talented team they're less talented than we thought they are but they do have enough talent to win some games i i in comparison to the all-time losingest NBA team in history, the Pistons, the Pistons, there's more talent than them. They've got more talent just by Wimby. Uh, we don't have a Kay Cunningham. No, we don't. And we don't. they have a singular better player. But I think as a total, this is a team that should have won a few more. Probably not as much as they thought they were going to win. Maybe have 10. But They should maybe have 10, right? Oh, yes. I think okay. we've watched at least 10 games just slip through their fingers. I, I don't have any hesitation with that at all. And last night, yet again, proved that they have the chops. They started out solid in the first quarter. They just couldn't maintain it. And that's been kind of the ongoing thread with a young team. Well, finally, we're seeing some changes. Now, Devin was moved to the bench for a little bit. For a little bit. Didn't, didn't quite work out. Uh, and Zach I think Collins, that was more about his injury, coming yeah. back, working him back in. Right? And, you know, he was going to provide some offense to a moribund team. And then Zach Collins got a little rotation action, got moved out of the starting lineup uh, for whatever purpose. Well, now uh, we found out yesterday that Keldon now is going to be the sixth man of note, at least for the foreseeable future. Greg Popovich talked about his team and what is the primary issue so far in the season and how they're addressing it, and is there any more change coming? It seems like there might be if there's not some changes immediately. That was one of them, but, you know, we, we're still searching for consistency. Uh, we're not consistent offensively or defensively. We go in spurts and really haven't matured enough to understand that winning an NBA game is difficult and calls for consistency. Uh, it's a 48-minute game, and you can't, you know, be consistent 
on offense and execute or uh, execute on defense for, you know, 20 minutes of, of the game. You're, you're not going to win that way. You know, they've got, you know, they've got a great player in marketing. They've got some older guys, 30, 31 years old, have been around. They're mature. They're physical. Uh, Will does a great job with them coaching. And they come after you for all 48. Uh, we still haven't figured that out yet. Part of it is youth. Part of it is probably uh, I need to uh, demand from certain people it's time they have to be more consistent or I make changes. Ooh. That's about as harsh as Pop's been all season right there. Yeah, and it was calm. I appreciate that. No need to yell when you don't have your guys. And these are Brian Wright's guys. These aren't Pop's guys. <laughs> Let's keep, I'm going to keep harping on that. You know, everybody's blaming Pop, but he's coaching the guys that Brian Wright has gave them. The change, Keldon offered immediate benefit. I mean, he came off the he bench. He came in there jacking up shots. He was like, if I'm going to come off the bench, I'm going to come off the bench with a, with a vengeance. And he he put up 20 shots. He got the most shots up last night. But, you know, again, uh, during the show, we were trying to figure out who he meant by, you know, certain people. I got to demand more. And if not, I got to make changes. I think one of them clearly, as Jeff McDonald pointed out in his tweet, like, you know, Malcolm Branham got pulled early. And never got back into the rotation until it was mop-up duty. So maybe we see Trey Jones tomorrow night in Portland. But the other thing that Pop was asked about was, hey, you know, Wimby didn't look 100% according to Pop, but he said he was fine. And then it was followed up. Well, well, how are you going to handle him Thursday and Friday? And Pop said without hesitation, he's not playing in both of those games in Portland uh, Thursday and Friday. And, and I just was like, at 19... Why are we already sitting them out unless it's about the ankle? If it's about the ankle because Pop now feels like, okay, I, I let him get back out there a little bit too soon. Okay. But if we're just straight up load managing a 19 year old, then I, then I, then I'm, I'm, I'm left scratching my head, but clearly it's about the ankle. If Pop felt like he didn't look a hundred percent last night, it's a strange, one of those weird back to back at home games that I would expect. And I'm, I'm very honest. They better win one of these games. Portland's terrible. Portland just blew out Sacramento. And that was a weird win, wasn't it? That that was an odd one because yeah, I saw where out. De'Aaron Fox got 40 or whatever, and they still lost. Um, Portland is a team that's trying to find their identity as well. They're yeah, on the hell, same track as the Spurs. Their rookie isn't even starting. Is worse, and Scoot, I thought Scoot, Scoot was yeah, ready. Scoot's not starting. He playing, he, now he's playing about 28 minutes a game, but he's not even starting. You wonder if Pop's going to play him on the second of that back-to-back and go try to get themselves a win before they come home and play a Boston team and then a Memphis team and then a Milwaukee team that are coming for blood, man. That's three very good basketball teams the Spurs are going to be playing as the new year begins. This might be the last opportunity until we finally see uh, Detroit on the road to, to get a win. You're going to a Boston game on New Year's Eve? Six o'clock. It's still it's still a time to you know make it home and watch the ball drop. Given what I do, that'd probably be about par. <laughs> be home by ten, maybe a little bit early if it gets out of hand. I got to get it ready for the uh, New Year's Day games. I, I, true. We are back to looking at the schedule to see who I want to see. Not my team. Not my team. I ain't no. buying a ticket no. to see my team. Now you're like, okay, well, Giannis be playing. You yes. start looking at Milwaukee like, okay, what does Milwaukee have before and after? What does Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have before and after? Does John Morant, who now they're for, Memphis is 4-0 since his return, 
You know, so yeah, you start looking at that. And then you start looking at January 10th in the Motor City. Will Detroit have won by then? And what if we're, and what if San Antonio is the team that Detroit finally gets off the schneid against? Uh, well, that is probably the more likely scenario. I don't know. I have to look at Detroit's schedule. Maybe they eke one out before they get. I don't even want to really be in that situation if, as a Spur fan. I don't want to be the team that Detroit breaks the record on. Like, that would be it. Like, it's one thing to have gone through what they've gone through as far as the Spurs, but it's a whole other thing for your team to be the team yeah. that gives up the wreck, that, you know, breaks the streak against the worst team in NBA history. You're going to have to find a good old friend like LeBron to help you out of that. Because Let's see. Detroit has Boston, Toronto, no. Houston, Utah, Golden State, Denver, Sacramento. Don't see a way unless it's Sacramento. Uh, maybe Toronto. Is it there? Will a passport be required for them to go get a win? They very well could still be on a losing streak yeah, by the time San Antonio comes. You know, back. I say it every time I look at the number. What are they, what, 28? No, 7. 27 Whatever. straight losses. Can you imagine? And I know I've said this before. No. You had 27 consecutive bad days at work. 20, like, you had a whole month of every time you went to work. Five days a week, you got your ass kicked. The boss was mad at you. Nobody showed up for work. The, the Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And then on those days that went good, it went bad the last minute as you were walking out the door. For 27 consecutive days of work. I'd probably call in a couple times. I would, too. There's probably I'd definitely be like, I got a little knee soreness. I need a day. And you brought up something even more. You do not want to be the team. Mm-mm. Now, it's easy to lose to a team that's lost five consecutive. Yeah, this is just part of life. They came up and got us. This team has lost 27 consecutive games, and you're the team that they beat? And I think the Spurs are running into that now. I think the Spurs have reached a level of embarrassing badness that it is embar- it's more embarrassing to lose to them. Oh, yeah. And that's what that that's what Detroit's running into. I think the Spurs were running into that until LeBron came to town, but the Spurs are running into that. And I think that's what Detroit's running into. Like, it can't be us, fellas. Let's go out here and kick these dudes' butts. And the sad thing is, well, it's not sad. The coaches get saddled with the record. Players, I don't know what their record is. No. I had no idea. Like, Cade no Cunningham idea. is going to go down to scoring 30 points a night and losing 30 consecutive games. And we're not going to know in five years when Cade is finally on a good team no. that he went through 30 consecutive losses unless we just kind of, oh, yeah, I remember right. that. But every coach is going to talk. When we talk to right. uh, Pop, or Monty, how many games you lose in a row? They're beat down, dude. Their their press conferences are are depressing. Uh, January tenth, we'll see where Detroit's at when the Spurs head to Detroit. Keep in mind, they're getting into very nice cars and going on to very expensive. Yeah, cars. they are. Yeah, so they are. I don't feel too bad for them. While the day at work might have been lousy, the ride home was pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, we talking about sixteen dollars an hour versus two million a game. So you know, you're waking up in a little bit different boat. Uh, tonight, so we get an Aggie football game that is uh, uh, going to be interesting to watch. As I've never seen a head coach and an OC for another or DC for another school all rolled into one. Let's hope Elijah recruits well for Syracuse tonight as the Aggies take on Oklahoma <laughs> State University. A game you'll catch live with Andrew Monaco on the call right here on San Antonio Peace Sports out. Star. You guys have yourself a fine Wednesday. Rudy and I got some social media things to do and follow us on the Twitters. Like us and get it all taken care of. Subscribe so Rudy can go to the bathroom. Hey, the Blitz is only four hours away.